Welcome, welcome, welcome to Born to be Cosmo, an on-again, off-again Marvel Snap podcast, where we talk all things Snap, and I attempt to match Nate's polished <laughs> podcast introduction skills with his immaculate diction and timing. How did I do? <laughs> so good. I, it's only the fifth episode. I've got I've got time to get caught up. Um, we are joined tonight by our now regular hosts, Nate Wolf and Zombies Go Nom Nom, and... I'm very excited to introduce our second guest ever to the show, content creator, author, deck brewer, master of the hot and featured locations, Safety Blade. Safety Blade, welcome to the pod. I'm so thrilled to have you here, especially with some of the logistical challenges. Um, I have to say, I'm super stoked to have you here because when I started engaging with Snap, aside from zombies here, whom I've known outside of Snap, you were one of the first content creators that I actually engaged with in so far as consuming their content. So this this is kind of big for me. I'm kind of having a little bit of a of a of a star star starry eyes here. So so welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, same back actually. I've been what, listening to Born to Be Wild for ever. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so great. I appreciate it's actually, that. It's actually, kind of like a starry eyed moment for me too here. So. Can all get starry eyed together. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so safety. Uh, just just before we kind of dive in and and do a little bit of a recap of our our week, or in this case, probably month, since we haven't uh, been uh, on for for a few weeks, just uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and kind of your relationship to Snap and kind of what what it is that you're bringing to the table and and your ambitions for for the community and your uh, interaction with the game. Well, primarily, I'm a father of four. I have four children. And that's actually my primary job over the top of everything else that I do. Um, but what I do with Marvel Snap, I was playing since beta, since the start of wave season. I've since then made a bunch of decks through that time. Um, hit rank 250, one of the se- well, two wow. seasons. Um, had a few really successful decks during that time. And Marvel Snap was approached me early on after the global release, um, after some of my decks were very popular. And I just joined up with them, started writing for them. That's how it all started. Now I regularly stream, kinda, <laughs> once a week, and hopefully more soon. And I just enjoy, I just enjoy the game. It's um, it's everything that I wanted from a card game. It's Marvel, and it's a card game. That's basically it. Prior to Marvel Snap, I was obviously a Hearthstone player, like a lot of people. Um, I started with Battlegrounds, actually. Came back to Battlegrounds of all things, and then went back to Standard, and then all the way around to Wild somehow, because. Wild fit me better than all the other ones. And then I ended up playing mercenaries a lot like zombies and mm-hmm. did a few things around that, but was never really pushed myself in that area at all. And um, that's me, really. Now I'm here playing Marvel Snap every day, far too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We'll have to pour one out for Mercs when the pod's done because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, rip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been a it's been a pretty pretty busy week for me. I unfortunately have had not much time to game. I, I will say that the timing worked out well because last month I went on the super try hard climb. I almost got myself committed trying to hit infinite. I did it. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it again. Certainly, I've not had the time to invest this week. I uh, had to do a lot of medical stuff uh annual checkup for my eyes it takes a village to keep uh, to keep me running 
Um, so not much time to game, uh, but I have been playing a lot of Thanos. Um, I've been following this thread in the KM Best Discord where some of the top players, including mm. zombies here, have been refining um, the Thanos Lockjaw archetype. And it is a tough deck to play, but it's certainly been uh, an enjoyable one. So that's been kind of my my interaction with Snap, I'm kind of hovering around the the low 80s. And uh, we'll see if I if I if I want to make a push. But uh, for now, I'm kind of just enjoying the the casual life this month. But I'm still rocking my my gold claw card back because you know I gotta I gotta you, flex a little. You right? earned that purple one. heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the Zavu season. Yeah, Marvel Snap Purple Heart, the gold claw yeah. card back. That was that was rough. Oh, so um, yeah, so safety. What's what's your week been looking like aside from uh, publishing uh, hot and feature location articles that I may or may not consume after this <laughs> to try and get a leg up on everyone? Um, actually, my week's been up and down. Um, it was actually when I, you sent me the show notes and I was writing, what have I been doing this week? When I realized that outside of gaming, I had a very stressful week, so I wasn't playing very well. So then directly after that, I decided to start experimenting and made a new deck. And then two hours later, I'm infinite now. So I'm very happy with that. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> you could donate some work? cubes on that climb. <laughs> uh, that match, zombies. Well, I, I was like, he's going to play middle. He's going to play middle. If you oh, hadn't played mid, game. you won. That was a, yeah. Anyway, um, Titania-based deck. The deck oh, based yeah. around Titania and Spider-Man. And it's incredible. And it's doing really well. <laughs> doing really, really well. Um, which I'm very... Yeah. So... Infinite again. I get to use the gold card back for Kang, and that's about it, really. That's me. <laughs> so, uh, so Nate, what what have you been up to? Oh man, I'm I'm so excited to be here. This is really my first like true stream since we moved. Everything has been like chaos for the better part of like four months, and I'm finally like kind of settled in. I got the computer back up and running, and everything installed and working. I'm so happy to to have some normalcy back, and so. I don't know. I mean, I'm just excited to be here. I feel like I'm back home and I feel like, yeah, like we were saying earlier, I feel like a little starry eyed, right? Because I'm in the presence of greatness, right? Blue Train is one of my great friends. Zombies, uh, you know, we've known each other for a long, long time. And dude, I'm so happy for you because your content is like blowing up right now. And uh, I'm always very happy to see friends succeed. Um, and that's super cool. And Safety Blade, oh my God, we have like... Uh, right? Like VIP in the building, right? I've been following your content for ages. And so it's, it's really exciting to talk to you. And then all, all the way from Australia, like, Oh my God, at blue train, I really appreciate you setting this all up. And so I'm just excited in terms of my week, uh, you know, played some Hearthstone, played some snap. Um, but my big, uh, like what I feel like was a big accomplishment for me. Um, I, I always say like, I'm kind of like free to play player, but it's more of like a I'll get the battle pass and that's it. Free to pass. <laughs> there you go. Right. Free to pass. So this week I finished pool three um, and I'm really Ooh. excited about that. I, I finally have all the pool three cards. Um, I think I have a couple of the pool fours that I got like out of order randomly, but, uh, but I finally finished that. And so I, like now when I see the decks post, I'm like, I could play that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I'm really, really happy to be here. And so we got a cool stuff to talk about and, and, um, yeah, I'm 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 interested to be here. 
Um, you got that Thanos pin, so uh, you know now that you're out of pool three, you won't have to wait seven months to to get it. You yeah. should have it in about a month, give oh, or take. Oh man! I, so I, you've been talking so much Thanos lately, and and then it showed up in my shop, and like it was feeding me crappy ones, and I probably would have pinned Shuri or Darkhawk, but they didn't offer them, and they offered thanos and i was like insta pin i'm looking at that six thousand tokens being like oh my god i've got like 200 right now but but now that the pool three cards are done um uh, it it should be relatively quick right and i think that um we'll talk about it in just a second but we'll have another series drop soon and so probably get some more i opened that helicarrier like way out of order and so uh that one i, I won't have to get but Anyway, the Helicarrier Club. <laughs> so, how's your week been, Zombies? I know you've had a pretty eventful uh, week, snap wise. Yeah, uh, it's it's been fun. Ghost came out this week, and that's a card I've been excited for for a while. Uh, none of the the cards last month really did it for me. The only one that I thought was cool personally was really, I mean, I think some of them are cool, but. Not 6,000 tokens, cool, I think is the, the bigger disclaimer there. Uh, Sauron was kind of the one exception, but I I think, you know, that really just goes in the Shuri deck. And while it's good, and some players argue, and maybe correctly, that that's the better version of the deck, I think Shuri is still, like, totally very, very good without Sauron. It's by no means a card you need to play Shuri effectively. And I still had, like, I use Shuri for my climb, because uh, I, I did the infinite climb finished that this week which was nice um and sure is one of the decks i use so i i've been saving my tokens for a while and i've just been kind of waiting for something to use them for because uh, i had like i don't know like 16 17k in the bank or something just Ooh. like saving them up uh part of that's because i'm a dirty high roller who opened like three pool fives earlier on so <laughs> which is not the typical experience to say the least like I, I talked with a few other known uh, creator creators like uh, Code Deco and uh, someone else who was around my collection level, and they said they've never opened a pool five. And so I'm just like that. That's absurd to me that we're in a very similar boat in terms of like progress in the game, like collection level wise, and yet the experience is so different when it comes to pool five. Didn't um, the person that finished the the track like level collection level twenty three thousand? Didn't they never open a pool five card? I think so. I think that was what they said, which frankly is absurd to me. And uh, strengthens strengthens the claim of uh, abolish pool five, um, because <laughs> or, or at the very least redesign it, because I think it is it's not good in the in the current form. There, uh, RNG may be fun in a lot of different ways, but uh, pool five RNG ain't it. Um, because they're unlike pool four, there is no quote unquote pity timer. I don't even really like the term pity timer. Cause that's not really what pool four is. You're it's not even a pity. You're just guaranteed it one in the 40 boxes, but there is none of that for pool five. There's no guarantee. There's no, uh, every, you know, however many boxes, it's just a flat point, what 0.25% chance. Uh, and, uh, Unless you're a, uh, uh, you know, streamer luck, dirty high roller, you have a good chance of never ripping one of those, which is uh, not a great feeling. But uh, Ghost has been fun. I did a lot of testing with Ghost. Uh, Blue and I, I actually did a bunch of theory crafting and some battle mode testing, which is a lot of fun. And then I've tried a bunch of different decks on stream. Uh, so one big thing about Ghost as a card, and we'll talk about it later, is... Uh, a lot of people, myself included, thought it might flip priority the turn it's played, and it doesn't actually work that way. So I think I was overhyping it a little bit because of that interaction. But that said, I still think the card is very good. It's just 
it's very good in specific decks. And uh, it's it's not quite as universally good as I was initially expecting, but the decks that do take advantage of it to the the like the best of its ability, I think, do get a very significant bonus from the effect. And so far, I do not regret my uh, my six K token purchase. Though I can't say I'd recommend it to everybody unless like those decks are like your favorite decks in the game. Um, but other than that, uh, week has just been a lot of streaming, trying to trying to get back into the. The cycle that this month, uh, streaming at really weird times because my sleep schedule's a mess. Like, I streamed at, like, 3 a.m. the other night until, like, 8 a.m. Wow. And I fell asleep and woke up and got ready for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all over the place, but it's been good. And the stream's been doing really well, which has been awesome to see. Uh, Snap is a great community, and it's cool to see uh, just uh, a lot of people come out and hang out. Absolutely. Well, we do have a little bit of news uh, to talk about tonight. Just keep the the ball rolling here. But uh, we mentioned it earlier. We've got a series drop coming. So some series four cards dropping into series three. We've got Helicarrier, Agent Coulson, and Maria Hill going from four down to three. And then we've got uh, some series five going down to series four. So Silver Surfer, Darkhawk, Knoll, and Sentry going from five down to four. Um, there's no release date yet, but we're anticipating with the next patch probably around February 28th to March 1st. So about two weeks from now. So yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. So I've got Silver Surfer from the Battle Pass, so the Battle Pass players will have that. But Darkhawk is one of the uh, the great cards, right? That has been inaccessible to um, the, the the lowly um, Battle Pass players like myself. Century, I could care less about. I've seen it one time uh, played against me, and it was bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> one oh, time. Man. Too many. Today, <laughs> today, I had Century played against me for the first time. They played Sentry, and in the rightmost lane, just by happenstance, I played three Thanos stones. And I thought to myself, this guy is going to play Viper. There's no other reason to play Sentry other than to try and make it a, a Hobgoblin. And so I, I filled that last slot, and sure enough, Viper came down. It didn't move, and the guy got out like that. So just... <laughs> Don't get Sentry, guys. Didn't you say, Zombies, you think it's the absolute worst card in the game, bar none? In my opinion, yeah, I think Sentry actually is probably the the worst card in the game, and that's not to say it's not like you can do some cute things with it or whatever. But like the the big reason I think it's the worst is when we think about bad cards, uh, like a good example are like Crystal and Quake. Why are those cards so bad? It's not necessarily because of their effects. It's because of the condition around their effects. Limiting yourself to one lane to get an effect is really bad, and Sentry takes that to like a new level of bad because at least with those cards you can play them for stats in other lanes if you don't need the effect Sentry, mm. you can never play it on the right so you're always restricted to two lanes and you're always unless you happen to fill that right lane you're always getting the downside so not only do you have to deal with the restriction but you also always have a downside too so it's like double downside and the the payoff at least with the cards we have right now just isn't uh the juice isn't worth the squeeze as they say this century was one where like i didn't understand how it worked until i saw it played and i was like oh that's bad i thought that it was gonna put, i thought it was gonna make a void opposite you like in in your opponent's yeah. lane and i was like oh that's amazing and then i saw it played against me and it put it in theirs and i was like oh that's terrible <laughs> i mean the only thing i could think of and i don't really fancy myself a deck builder but like if i'm making some kind of zoo deck with a bunch of like one cost mm -hmm. token type stuff cool, I can fill up the right lane and then I can slam it down and it's a, a four mana, eight power. And like, all right, but, you know, 
it's it's also been a series five, <laughs> and so Sentry is like an iconic character in the in the comics, mm-hmm. though. Like I love the stories; really cool. Um, so I like the idea of Sentry, but uh, the card yeah, itself cool doesn't seem concept. so good less cool in execution right and like the the zoo point is good because that was one of my initial things i thought about but then you have the downside of uh your opponent knows exactly how much power you have in that lane or they can interact with your lane by like blowing some of it up with the killmonger on the final turn or there's just so much downside to closing your own lane out that the upside of getting a a four eight isn't isn't really there like if if i care that much i'll I'll put a jessica jones in my deck like there's way less downside with that card with its condition and like at the very least i just wish century was a bit more above rate in stats like i I wouldn't really mind like i think the card would still be bad but like at least there wouldn't be yeah at least there wouldn't be like like i feel like four eight is like the slightly above rate for four but like other cards just do it better like why don't you play the crossbones like like he just seems like so much better uh if if that's what you're trying to do it's so it well, can't get shang chi right but <laughs> yeah i guess that's true i guess it's the shang chi breakpoint well people won't be pulling sentry in pool five high rolls yeah. anymore if you can call it that sorry hat And, uh, but, you know, and and I think that, that none of these cards that are moving from series five to four are a real surprise because they seem to be on a bit of a cadence, but, um, I think you tweeted this safety blade, um, or at least in my memory, you did. It's not as clear cut as to when things move from four to three. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit jarring. Yeah. Mumbaku in particular. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's not the whole, whole thing about the series draw switch is not sitting right for me is how quickly this one's been announced since the last one so one of two things i either think it shouldn't be announced as soon or they should roadmap it months in advance like there's no reason can't tell us now which ones are going to drop two months mm-hmm. from now like, unless they're specifically choosing or got the want the option to choose certain cards which doesn't sit 100 percent right with me they definitely chose what cards they let down with that first lot because there was specifically the better cards dropped that first drop Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't sit right for me that part of it. But otherwise, the cards make sense. But for Dark Hawk and Null came out at the same time. Century came out around the same time. Yeah, it's and, all December cards. Yeah, looking at the the card quality brings up the problem with Series Five again. How Series Five mm-hmm. should just go to Century. If you pulled Century during that time, like that was your super high roll lucky outcome. Yeah. I just listened to that conversation just there, like how lowly. Looks at the tier list, but I keep up to date on Snapzone. I, I made sure he's still there. Yeah, he is still very bottom card of all cards. Uh, <laughs> there's an argument that Quicksilver might be a worse card, maybe. No? Yeah. Sentry's a very bad card. I with a very could bad see myself shoot. playing Quicksilver before I'd play Sentry. At least it that, teaches you a lesson, right? With Quicksilver. It teaches you not to play Quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a good lesson. Oh, people <laughs> learn that lesson pretty quickly, but the domino lesson takes a little bit longer to learn, apparently. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of domino, domino truthers out there. Yeah. Not, no. not as much this month, but last month there, there, the there were. Gone. So I, I agree. <laughs> I, I think they should map it out. They've kind of alluded to it being a monthly event. But to your mm-hmm. point, okay, so if we know that every month there's going to be series drops, we should have a pretty good idea for what is going to be part of that so that people can mm-hmm. um, map out their meager token resources uh, a little bit more judiciously. 
Um, mm -hmm. I, I agree. And it's also, you know, the, the, the like, let's just be real here. Of the Series 4 cards, the ones that dropped, these are probably the, the, the most... Well, the least desirable, shall we say? I mean, Baku is not exactly a great card, but like it's. Hey, you just won like a tournament. A, yeah, just wanted, but it's like a tier S meme card. Like I love watching those dreams where it's like I'm gonna get an eight cuber Baku, like you know, or or when he kind of peeks his head out and there's no room for Baku. Like Baku is a lot of fun. It is. Um, it's but, fun, exactly. <laughs> So on the subject of cards, so, you know, we've got the series drops uh, coming next month, but this month we had the release of a new card. So oh, wait, wait, before we move on, uh, yeah. I wanted to touch on something with the, the series drop. So sure. like uh, the the series, so you guys covered like we don't know which it's it's kind of clear which series five are going down to four. And I like that um, they de it wouldn't hurt for them to give clarity like I. I do think they should be giving clarity about it. Um, but like most of us, if you're very engaged with the game, uh, have figured out that they're doing the series five to four on like basically a monthly basis. So these are all the December cards. Next time we're going to get all the January cards, etc. But series four is ra rather unclear. And one thing I was really sad to see with this drop is Black Panther not going to series three. Because that was a November pass card and the mm. first pass card introduced to series five. And the fact that it, it still hasn't rotated, if they keep a regular cadence with how long it takes for cards to go from pass to five to four to three, it takes forever for a pass mm -hmm. card. Like, we still haven't gotten the November pass card down to Series 3. And, you know, for those of us that played in the beta, when pass cards always went to Series 3 just after, you know, two months after release, that's a pretty big difference in accessibility. And, you know, especially this this is really more impactful for free-to-play gamers, right? Because, I mean, yeah, Series 4 is more accessible, but you're still dealing out a pretty hefty chunk of tokens or have to get lucky with a pull. Uh, so I, I was kind of sad to see that Black Panther wasn't among the cards moving down this month because uh, I, I kind of expected it to be. I'm not surprised by the other ones because these are all in the original batch, and it seems that's kind of the way they're doing it. They're, they're t lowering it in order of release so far. Uh, but I, I was kind of sad to see Black Panther not included here. It does seem weird to me that Battle Pass cards go directly to Series 5 instead of, like, 3 or somewhere. It doesn't... It's it's very, like... I mean, it is what it is, right? But, like, it's mm -hmm. it's very clearly, like, you, you pay for that card strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just seems a weird feeling, right? And th this is compounded, right, by the recent nerfs where... People who didn't buy the pass for Surfer or didn't buy the pass for Zabu, even though I like the changes they made to those cards, kind of sucks that those players never got to experience, you know, uh, what those mm -hmm. cards were like at their the height of their power, right? And that that definitely, I know that brought about a lot of concerns mm -hmm. with like, oh no, are they just going to release overpowered series or pass cards? So you have to buy it and then nerf the next month. But I personally, <laughs> and we'll talk about this in the the nerf section. Uh, I, I personally think they really addressed it head on. And I think the way that they kind of explained it was better than I expected at all and way better than I'm used to getting in terms of explanations for card nerfs from any company, whether that be Second Dinner, Blizzard, Wizards of the Coast, whoever. Like, I think they really understood the impact of it, it can be damaging to our brand to nerf two, two season cards pass cards and especially zabu right after he came out 
Um, I think it's just kind of unfortunate happenstance that ha- those cards were back to back. Because frankly, for the rest of the se- for the rest of the season pass cards, I think they've done a very g- good job with it. And I think those cards are more the exception, not the the rule of what to expect. Although it certainly felt like the rule on the back of of Zabu being released after Surfer. I mean, we kind of yeah, exactly. saw that one coming a mile away. Um, we had the. <laughs> This card makes me really nervous podcast. <laughs> then we had the, oh my God, this card is ridiculously busted podcast. <laughs> and now we're, we're having the, we're not pouring one out for the kitty. Like the kitty's dead. Um, Actually, as we're going to see later, the kitty's not dead. Um, but maybe it's gone from the being a, are dead for it, yeah, yeah. Really it went from being a win condition to a. I am a little sad. I loved, I loved <laughs> the Zabu decks, but, but it's probably a good thing. But yeah, before we get into that, all right, like Blue was talking about a minute ago. Let's talk about this month's season pass. So mm-hmm. the theme of this month is Into the Quantum Realm. Uh, this was released to coincide with the brand new Ant-Man film. Makes sense, right? That just came mm-hmm. out in theaters. Um, spoiler, uh, Ant-Man, MODOK. Okay. Um, anyways, so the new card this uh, this season pass is MODOK. It's a five cost eight power card um it's got some discard synergies so it uh much needed discard synergy um for for that archetype anyhow uh the pass does come with some variants for ant-man and the wasp and also modok and then card backs for um ant-man and and this other thing with the hourglass that i don't really know what it is uh some new avatars and stuff um also four new locations one uh that we've seen so far and three new cards coming out one which is ghost which we'll be talking about later tonight and two others um so yeah modok seeing a lot of play i've played it a lot i've uh, seen it a lot everywhere i don't know that the archetype is, is settled there's a lot of different modok decks and we'll talk about it in a minute but um tian ding from uh second dinner has posted a bunch of modok decks although i kind of think that a bunch of them are bait but it... <laughs> <laughs> tian jing would never post bait it says it says good and modok decks in the same sentence which is like it it's the there's the, a huge rng factor with any of the discard stuff and like wh- when it works it really works, but like it, it, it's so random that you really never kind of know. Uh, I definitely bought this. I'm doing the season pass stuff because this card is going to end up, you know, often in pool five and never to be seen again uh, or, or to be seen again, you know, six months down the road. But uh, I assume you all have it and, and have, mm-hmm. have played a little bit with it. A- anybody have any thoughts on the card before we kind of look at the, the decks that Tian uh, has posted. Can go. I think Modok makes me sad for what they did to discard in beta. Honestly, <laughs> what? So, <laughs> so what for those does. of us that weren't beta players, what did they do to discard in beta? They they destroyed Hellcow, which used to be a two six, and <laughs> discarded two cards, and they decided to make that a four six instead, which is I thought was an over nerf, and it really ruined um, the like oh, sorry, aggro style because that was all that there really was and they didn't have collector as well that was kind of the problem that was a problem too because you put the swarms mm-hmm. back into your hand and it would get two power each time and it was a great deck and it would actually solve a bunch of problems in my opinion but that's a longer topic um but the card itself is strong it's got a consistent effect and it does what you want it to do which is discard everything you just need to want to discard everything and that's the problem the decks are not 
right. It needs to discard everything except Hello, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah, Hello's always been like that, right? Hello's always been, and that was one of the Hello was one of the first cards I really, really wanted because I, I just love reanimation <laughs> stuff in other card games. So I was super hyped for it. Uh, but then I got it, and Hello's one of those decks I'll usually only ever mess around with at Infinite because that is not a deck I want to be playing if I'm say, trying uh, to acquire cubes. Hella inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we all got that, Hella that got Hella variant. Uh, Hella got buffed. Did, buffed? did I hear that correct? Uh, Hella, Hella got worse because of Hellcat, oh, too, though. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I- and blue train uh, really went after Sif died too. Sif got Sif yeah, and Sif Ghost Rider too. also Ghost were Rider. hit pretty significantly in beta. Sif used to be a two four, and Ghost Rider used to be a three three, and they they axed that because people they were, it, they didn't like the play pattern of Sif on two, discard death into uh, bring it back on three, which kind of understandable I suppose. Hey, but leave leave Ghost Rider, bring back Sif to two. Let's I go. know I really like that. Oh man. Because the game was very different mm-hmm. in beta, and like mm-hmm. some of the changes they made in beta, I think were good at the time. But the power level is higher now, so if you're if you happen to be listening, second dinner, uh, for whatever reason, maybe revisit some of those beta nerfs now that the the context is a little bit different in the live game. Would be kind of cool. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> I um. I love the discard archetype. I played it a lot um, when I was in pool three, and. You know, you'd think that Modoc would have been an, an exciting card for me. I will say that I'm happier that the Battle Pass card this month is a lot more tame than Zabu was, mm-hmm. um, and to a lesser extent, Surfer. I, I wasn't, I didn't think Surfer, Surfer was oppressive, but apparently it had an even better win rate than Zabu. So, I mean, just goes to show you. Um, I played a little bit of it, um, and, you know, uh, I think it was one of those, there was a quest uh, in the uh, weeklies uh, this week where you had to discard 10 cards, and mm-hmm. that was the first time I played the the Modoc lists. We'll look at them in a second. Um, and once the quest was done, I, I went right back to Thanos. I, I just don't think it's good enough. Um, you know, and, and as fun as it is, it's so outclassed to your point, Safety Blade, that, you know, fun is fun mm-hmm. until you start losing. And, and, mm-hmm. and unless you really high roll... It's tough. Morbius got a real good kick from Modoc, mm-hmm. but the problem is you got to front load your Morbius, right? Which makes mm-hmm. it very Shang Chiable, which is one of the most played cards right now for good reasons. So there's that liability. Um, Dracula is mm-hmm. probably the best thing the deck's got going for it in Apocalypse, but it's just not mm-hmm. enough. It's just not enough. Yeah. In my humble opinion, it's. It, it, I've been playing a ton of it. That's been mm-hmm. primarily what I've been playing between that and like that kind of Sarah copium deck that we all been playing for a while now uh and it's doing okay it's it's hilarious when you've got like the absolute nuts and and they don't have like an enchantress mm-hmm. or a shang chi or any sort of disruption but like if you can play like the the god draw right is your sue storm into modok into hella and then you just discard everything and drop them all everywhere and, and win overwhelmingly but it it mm-hmm. almost never happens uh it's fun when it does but <laughs> yeah it's, it's i have some deck. good screenshots right but like oh yeah it's yeah. a good screenshot deck it's so like i've i've gone back and forth on the the feelings about discard i think it's definitely like by no means a top tier archetype i think the the ceiling is really high for what it can do when all the stars align 
but man, and everyone who's played Discard has had this happen at least a few times, if not more than that. When you don't draw your Swarm and Apocalypse, you are just as sad as possible. It, it feels like you're playing like a tier five deck when you don't get yeah. those cards. But when you do get both those cards, you can do some pretty impressive things. So it feels like a feast or famine kind of deck, all or nothing. Definitely one of those decks you have to be very... If you want to play this deck, and I mean, I think I have seen some people do the infinite climb with it impressively. Uh, if you want to use this deck, you have to be so vigilant about when you're retreating and knowing I just don't have a chance this game. Uh, and just kind of try to leverage those games where you do have the big blowouts and try and get as many cubes there while mitigating the losses. And I think for that reason, it does have like a fringe place to be around. And I think it will stick around even when people have kind of, you know, uh, Modoc's not the fresh new toy anymore. I think he was a big boost to the archetype. But I do think the archetype needs a bit more help to realize its full potential, whether that's new cards or unnerfs or whatever. Um, I think right now it's just the the best ways to do it is by far the the lockjaw, uh, apocalypse and swarm stuff. But it just feels so rough when you don't get your payoffs because then you're just ripping cards from your hand and not really getting any benefit from it. Uh, you can do it in Hella. Uh, Hella is very fun, but Hella is very one dimensional. And really, the best way to play this in Hella is Invisible Woman, which uh, doesn't really appreciate the the Cosmo. Just Cosmo in your lane and then being very sad. Mm -hmm. Though Cosmo doesn't see quite as much play as it used to with Surfer being less prevalent. So it's not as everywhere, but it's, it, it could never become popular. Not even just for the RNG reasons, because it's just it would get countered in a second. So I agree with you. I think that Lockjaw is the way to play it. And um, why don't we throw up the uh, the decks that uh, Tian Ding has posted? This is becoming a little bit of a tradition where every month after a couple weeks, Tian Ding posts the here are some good decks, hand quotes, <laughs> um, with the with the battle pass card. And, um, you know, he posts a bunch of decks. I always look at them with an utter disbelief. I end up trying one of them. And they usually, there's usually a diamond in the rough. And, you know, mm -hmm. last month, the diamond in the rough was the um, Lady Sif, Ghost Rider, like Giganto, Infinite nonsense. Or Dracula, yeah. Zabu, yeah. yeah. Although the list that he posted was far worse than the one that I ended up playing, which I, I ended up dubbing the Safety Blade special. I might have changed <laughs> one thing in it, but uh, it, it very much was your concept. But the, the bones of it were there, so, I mean, you could still do pretty well with it. Uh, this month, the, the Diamond in the Rough, I believe, is the first deck, which is the standard discard list. So the standard discard list, mm -hmm. for those who are listening and not watching, would be Blade, Morbius, Swarm, Colleen Wing, Lockjaw. Now, this is the standard list, not the one posted. Um, Lady Sif, Swordmaster, Dracula, Hellcow, Apocalypse, and America Chavez. So what we've done is we've removed Hellcow um, and replaced it with Nakia, which is interesting. And of course, we've taken out um, another card for Modoc. Um, so it, 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 it's kind of the same old discard, but you've got Modoc, you've got Nakia. I remember Zombies and I were, were in a Discord call when, when, I, when I was trying it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Zombies, what the frig is Nakia for? And, and it's like, well, I think it's to, to make your swarms bigger so that you know you can get a lot of five zero fives and, and kind of win that mm -hmm. way and 
and that and sure enough that's what i did and it, it felt pretty good um but i don't know it wasn't good enough the other lists are like um hella lists black cat lists um i you know things that i would say you want to have a fun kind of messing around give them a shot i think the really only serious deck is the first one i, I don't know if you guys agree but that that's kind of where where i landed I've been and, playing. Uh, uh, I've been playing the second one. So it's Sunspot, Morbius, Invisible Woman, Storm, Black Cat, Hellcow, Modok, Hella, America Chavez, She Hulk, Infinite Death. It's it, it, it's been fine. Morbius typically it like it gets pretty beefy. Mm-hmm. Um, St- Storm has been probably the MVP in the deck, and She Hulk is is amazing. Um, and so all like, the non-discard cards right <laughs> <laughs> and but you know it's so hit and miss i don't know i uh, it's I'll, I'll keep goofing around with it but like yeah i don't know I, it just feels so inconsistent to me compared to like the the zabu like shenanigans that we were doing last month so yeah. i i agree with your assessment like if you want to have fun with it like it's fun like you, if you want to win then like maybe play something different (laughs) yeah um i tend to agree entirely with these lists i'd like to know the metrics for good (laughs) (laughs) all right so so i suspect that good is applied to the whole spectrum of ladder so you know it's like back in the day when we're playing hearthstone you know people like look at the class rankings on HS replay. And of course they're looking at bronze through legend. And then you'd like put mm-hmm. the filter on for diamond through legend. All of a sudden the data kind of flips on its head. I suspect mm-hmm. that we're looking at a range of data here that kind of lends itself to allow for a little bit more, a uh, few more liberties, shall we say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Given that he used, when he used to do it for Hearthstone, he was very precise with the metrics. So it's a bit funny for me, but there's just five lists just put there, and it's like, they're good. It's like, okay. Even in Hearthstone, the lists were sometimes dubious. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean... remember it in Mercs. He used to do it for Mercs. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I remember the Mercs ones too. Yes, uh, they were questionable too. Um, but the Storm, <laughs> the Storm one I really like, um, the Hella Storm one. Um, the, the third one along, I think it is, on the right, with the Lockjaw and the Hella. Um, I think that's a secretly really good way to do it rather than have Invisible Woman. Um, but it's still a hella deck, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I know. Do. I, I've been playing the uh, the Lockjaw like, Thor deck a lot, and, and it's just yeah. you just never know what's going to pop out of, of Lockjaw, and sometimes it's something awesome, and sometimes it's something terrible, and that's the risk that you take. Uh, yeah, so th- yeah, I completely agree. So that... I, I I like the not invisible woman version of Hella just because you're not telegraphed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes a big difference in Snap. And having said that, I'd, I'd, I'd trash all the lists though, and I'd just go to, I think KM Best put a list out yesterday. Oh, yeah. I think that was a cool few one. people working on lists which are less reliant on the discard package. I have ideas myself which are less reliant to, which I think will end up being a more consistent way to go. Because the problem. As you mentioned, not one say is is you, you're relying on drawing cards in a certain order. Mm-hmm. Too much now, far too much when you, more than you used to. But Nakia, Nakia used to be a backbone of the old deck too, so mm. you can see why that one felt good to you, Blue Train too. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, good, relatively speaking. I expected it to be complete ass, I think is the technical term. And, and it, it, it was it was all right. It buffed Swarm a couple times. Uh, it buffed Apocalypse once. That was okay. You know, it, it never felt dead. It didn't always hit what I wanted to hit, but it always hit something. And it was something that you could just toss into Lockjaw without really, you know, feeling too bad about it. Or if you didn't get Lockjaw, or you didn't have... Um, you know, if you had Sif, but you didn't have Apocalypse, it'd give you a turn three play. It was okay. Like it, it didn't feel as out of place as I thought. It just, it didn't, it just didn't feel as good as, um, you know, didn't feel as good as other decks that I've that I've been playing. Um, you know, the Thanos deck um, or the the Control Sarah Cope Sarah, as I like to call it. These all felt a lot more. Like, I had a lot more agency over the game. And I know you might say, like, mm-hmm. oh, blue, it's discard, it's random. Of course you're not going to have agency over the game. I don't think that's true. Like, I felt mm-hmm. when I was playing discard in November, I felt decent. It felt like it could keep up, you know, and like pre-Silver Surfer. Um, and and MODOK, you know, I, I like MODOK. I think it, it, it's good because it's not the whole hand, so you know everything's going to, you know, get tossed. It, it's a five cost. I feel like cards... The higher energy they have, the the mm-hmm. more impactful they need to be. Mm-hmm. And because to your point, zombies, it requires other cards to be drawn. It's not a it's not like a win con into itself. It it, it needs other things to be happening. But I, I will say that, you know, I'm glad they didn't make a, another Zabu level power card on the battle pass for all the reasons we said before, it going to series five, warping the metagame. I think that the, the metagame this month is certainly a lot uh less um crazy than than last month so you know pretty good um oh did you throw up the uh that's the KM list. yeah this is a neat list and i'd like to talk about it a little bit so i haven't tried this one out but after seeing the card choices here i think it makes a ton of sense so like discard Mm -hmm. has always been pretty good at being able to put a ton of power into one lane and uh, I think Storm is kind of an underrated card right now. And so the main the main differences here, right, compared to like the typical list is he's not running a lockjaw list. He's going for a bit more consistency here and a bit more cards that are just universally good. So Sunspot, Iceman, just very, very powerful cards. Sunspot, great uh, interaction with Storm because you can pump it later on. Throwing a Morbius into a Storm is nice because that is another one that gets pumped later on. Wolverine I was initially surprised at, but the more I thought about it, the more it kind of makes sense here because it makes it so you don't just have two payoffs for your MODOK. Now you have a third payoff for your MODOK, and Wolverine can randomly end up in your Storm lane as well. Turns out zero mana for a a four-power thing is pretty decent um, when otherwise it would just be discarded, right, if it was another card. That reminds Um, me... I think Wolverine got buffed after we talked last, right? So Yeah, so he's different now. Now, if you discard him or destroy him, he comes back mm-hmm. and he gets two more power. So that was a, a really awesome change because Wolverine's a very iconic character and he got played in like literally nothing. And now, I mean, he still doesn't see a ton of play, but I think the card is more interesting and has like real use cases like in this deck. Did you see... Sorry, I'm sorry to go off the trip. Did you, did you see the alternate art that they're like releasing for Wolverine where he's <laughs> yeah, the one where the he's meme. like laying down looking at the picture. Looking at the photo. Oh my yeah. God. It's so That's funny. <laughs> I, the that, art in this game truly is amazing. It's a better meme than he was. Like the only use he saw prior mm-hmm. to the buff was he was like a, a red flag. So you know, Oh, this is a bad Galactus player. 
that that was his that <laughs> and was that his still years. is the case usually <laughs> in my opinion at least I, I i tried him in galactus and it's cool because you can high roll and have him blow up twice but then you have priority and galactus doesn't want priority yeah i i certainly give this deck a go i mean storm uh, storm it good. seems great it yeah. seems very good. Like Dracula for your storm lane, like you have a lot of ways of utilizing the power of storm while still having a lot of the powerful things of discard. So, uh, I mean, it just shows KM's a great deck builder, and I certainly yeah. would not have thought of something like this. And it's it's cool to to see the the neat stuff people come up with. Mark of a good deck builder is obviously being able to to come up with creative ideas, but I think that for me, it's being able to make those bold cuts. Um, mm -hmm. cutting lockjaw. No, I never would do that. I tend to be a real traditionalist when it comes to deck building. If mm -hmm. it worked well before, why wouldn't it work now? You know, cut <laughs> lockjaw, you're crazy. But you know, the the cuts is what really kind of differentiates it. So uh, yeah, some bold cuts. I'll probably give it a shot, especially if I have another discard quest. I like a lot of these cards. So yeah, I, I hadn't seen this. So um, uh, this is really cool. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's a great list. So yeah, Modok, kind of, kind of seeing a lot of play because it's the cool new thing, um, but probably not going to have as big of an impact on the meta as um, other cards. I will say though that I think it's cool that even though Modok wasn't as powerful, it still saw a lot of play. Um, kind of shows that like the the monthly release cadence with the battle pass does a pretty good job of shaking things up a little bit and introducing some variety. So. Uh, from a oh. from an overall like you know experience, uh, I've been I've been enjoying that kind of uh, release cycle. Yeah, I think it's great. I think uh, I think Nate is the one who said it a while ago. But like the the cadence of how they release stuff, it feels like every month is new expansion month, kind of in a way. It avoids mm -hmm. that feeling of like you're never waiting too long for new content, which I think is really awesome. It makes the the meta change mm -hmm. and evolve. Uh, I also wanted to mention. They finally got rid of the Marvel Snap logo on the new card backs, and I'm so happy about it. <laughs> because, like, we know what game we're playing. We know we're playing Marvel Snap. Like, we don't need to be advertising for the game while playing the game, right? Um, and, like, because that was a, a critique of uh, last month. People were like, oh, this dinosaur card mm. back's really cool, but you have the Marvel <laughs> Snap logo in the way of the art, and it made it look yeah. less cool. And uh, either they already planned to do this or feedback was heard because now we don't have the like the snap logo on like the Ant-Man card. And I honestly hope they keep it that way because we have a bunch of cards with the logo if people want that. Mm -hmm. But like I, I love getting because I haven't had a card back. I wanted to use like a new one until recently with the the rank 100 card backs. But I've, I've just been sticking with the, the Venom one I got in season one. Um, but mm -hmm. like, I want to use this Ant-Man one. Like, I think the Ant-Man one is cool. And I, I look forward, uh, you know, we, we took a peek into the, the data mine stuff about the March season and that has some really cool card backs too. So like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very pleased that, uh, man, I'm rocking that game of the up. year one. I love the game of the year one, the yellow, it's a good one. The, mm -hmm. I, yeah, was good. I was typically using like the yellow one just cause I like the color. Um, uh, but then the game of the year one is like. The, the galaxy one that I liked, but the yellow version of it. And I was like, oh, man, this is red. So that's what I've been playing. But uh, yeah. the, the real ones, the Namor's Trident is the one the one you want. Namor's Trident. <laughs> is that a beta one? Or it must is that be. Just, yeah. that, was, yeah. that was infinite for, infinite in the wave season. 
Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I, I never pushed. I, I was like a turbo casual when I played in the beta. Like I was so bad at snapping. I was just bad at the game, but I had a lot of fun with it. And I, I was preoccupied, you know, with the mercenary stuff. So I didn't really have the time to fully get into it then. But it was, it's, it's so funny having had that experience, like being what was a much more casual player. Like I only bought one season pass in the beta and one cosmetic. Whereas now, uh, <laughs> uh, I think my wallet wishes that were the only thing I bought. You know what, though? Um, you got a good point, and, and I don't remember who said it, but like, or maybe it was me, I don't know, but how every month feels like new expansion month, but from a, a more casual perspective, I love that, like, I don't feel bad dropping 10 or 15 bucks a month on this game, because like, I just dropped 200 bucks on Hearthstone for a mini set that like... Yeah, I got the gold version, but like, okay, um, but but I, you know, it, it it gets it gets pricey, um, and this is like I feel like I can still compete with all of the mm. different meta decks without having to break the bank, and I really like that. And even if Modok's not mm. competitive, like Zabu and Surfer, especially pre-nerf, like really were, and Wave at the time, and uh, you know, it's like okay 10 bucks for for a month's worth of, of of new stuff like rock and roll and you get all the other neat stuff in there too right like for me and a lot of other people the variants are pretty high value especially when you look at the cost in the store like all these variants are things i probably would have considered buying if they were just in the store so the fact that i get a, a card and nice looking variants and you know all the other stuff like card backs credits gold etc if, if you're gonna put any money into Marvel Snap, just buy the season pass. Like it's by far the most effective way of uh, making your dollar go as far as you can. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, like let's let's move forward a little bit. We touched on it briefly, but we do have a couple of nerfs that um, that happened. So nerfs to both Silver Surfer and Zabu um, happened over. Gosh, when was it? A last couple of weeks i guess it was when the patch uh two weeks ago ish right yeah, it was a few days after the season reset so it would have been um yes. so the first few days of of this season was with the unnerved cards so it was like around the sixth or the seventh if i recall correctly i think it was yeah, the seventh. like a week and a half ago or right, something. Right. Yeah. it feels like it's been longer <laughs> feels like it's a year ago but yeah about about 10 or so days yeah mm -hmm. um Okay, so a couple of changes. Uh, Silver Surfer, uh, power upgraded from 0 to 2, but now buffs 3 cost cards for plus 2 instead of plus 3. Zabu is 2 energy instead of 3, but now discounts 4 cost cards by 1 instead of 2. Uh, so, yeah, the deck that we were all playing like crazy last month is now uh, not playable, at least not in the same way. Although <laughs> Zabu is not dead, and I've still seen plenty of Silver Surfer, so just decks are built in a different way. Interesting. And... I I just I think that I do appreciate at least you know I think these cards had to get hit because the power level was maybe a little bit too high but I appreciate that they're not dead like they're still playable in the right deck with the right build around otherwise like you feel bad for dropping money on this stuff to have it be unplayable as we've as we've seen in Hearthstone in the past so, I mean, Zabu is pretty ubiquitous still. It's not a win con in itself anymore, but I mean, it's still a darn good card. It, um, it enables uh, some shenanigans, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's more of an enabler than your win condition, which seems a lot healthier. And I know in the Zabu season, I saw a lot of takes of like, oh, they need to hit Darkhawk instead. Darkhawk's the real problem. And I think that's that was just like a mistake because... 
at least in my experience, I think Darkhawk's still a great card, don't get me wrong, but I've played a lot post-nerfs, and the amount I see Darkhawk has fallen off a cliff. I think it might be hmm. a little underplayed, admittedly, yeah. but I, I don't, I think it's in a fine spot post-nerf, because the problem wasn't necessarily Darkhawk, it was the fact that you could get multiple Darkhawks, or you could play Darkhawk and Rock Slide in the same turn, and it, it really wasn't, people were using it, I think, as a scapegoat, because of those mm -hmm. feelings of, I don't have access to this card, and it's frustrating me, um, which is understandable. But it, in a case like that, you always need to nerf the, you always need to nerf the enabler, uh, which was Zabu, and uh, I think that they did a great job with these changes, and I was very... So there was a line mm -hmm. that really stuck out to me, because, um, you know... My, there are some people, myself included, who I was a little bit worried it was going to take longer for them to hit Zabu. Uh, Me too. I, th I thought we weren't. I thought mm -hmm. we were going to have another month of Zabu. I'm not yep. going to lie, um, because it was such a new card, and sometimes these things take time and whatnot. Um, and so I was. So the fact that because we did get the the balance patch without Zabu and Surfer changes, but they announced that, hey, these changes are coming like a week later. They just missed the ship date for the patch. Um, so that communication was great. They've really been hitting it out of the park with uh, communication. And in their b blog post about balancing the cards, they, they make a specific point. I'm trying to find it here on the page where... So... Weakening these two season pass cards wasn't a light decision. It's paramount we protect our gameplay, but our team also takes seriously that players trust us to be responsible stewards of that content. These changes aren't meant to delete Zabu or Silver Surfer, just give other cards more room. And that was the one of the nicest things I've ever heard, because uh, one of the reasons that really kind of, I felt, pushed out of constructed Hearthstone is a lot of times when they change a card that is too powerful... They send it out to pasture with old yeller. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I like playing powerful cards. And don't get me wrong, sometimes cards will be too powerful and you need to rein them in a bit. But uh, I I felt like they got too comfortable with just deleting cards and being like, all right, you can just get a mm -hmm. refund. And and that's that's it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, and that I maybe some other players are happier with that kind of stuff but i'm not i i want i like if i really like a card and then they delete it i feel like you know they're just kind of taking that away and then in snap they also realize their responsibility because th we aren't getting compensation so they they need to you know make people feel like they're not like getting robbed of their card and uh i think so far that these balance changes were a, a huge success and have made the game infinitely more enjoyable infinitely that's cute mm -hmm. <laughs> no pun intended yeah <laughs> yeah you know I, I i appreciate the comments and certainly that's true with zabu i know a lot of the folks in the in the chat are saying that well they haven't been seeing that much surfer neither have i you see, yeah me you neither some, nate a little I, bit I kinda, not much I, I kinda, so before the show started when we joined the call i told i told safety blade i think they they kind of killed surfer and uh, safety has something to say about that. So uh, not to put you on the spot Dude. there, but uh, what's well, up with that? I circle, <laughs> before, I, before I circle to that, I, I do want to talk about nerfs in general. I think they're sure. really good at communicating their nerfs, Marvel Snap, and the community is really hard on them. On and maybe we're a bit spoiled because we've dealt with Hearthstone <laughs> and seen cards deleted and banned wild and all sorts of stuff. Wild Hearthstone. Yeah, wild <laughs> Hearthstone, yeah. 
So maybe we're a bit biased because we're getting slightly better treatment now. Maybe it should still be better. Um, but I was really worried they were actually going to kill the two cards. Um, mm. But at the same time, I didn't care. Zabi was so broken. I'm just yeah. like, I, I, I <laughs> just want to go on record verbally somewhere, which isn't my stream, just my stream. Zabu is one of the most broken cards I've seen in a game ever. Mm -hmm. Like it's wow. just ridiculous. And people going disagree. on it. Yeah. People going on that it wasn't broken were yeah. They're, were they're way wrong. Like that was yeah. just wrong. There um, are some people in this community that have some very interesting and incorrect takes <laughs> about game philosophy balance etc sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but it, it gets me no, riled no. up too because you see a comment no. like that it's like are we are we in the same reality of existence here are we playing this are we playing the same game now maybe yeah. maybe maybe the collection level skews it a little bit i can honestly say 90 percent of my games mm -hmm. a month zabi was played yeah and that was that was really and there's a reason for that mm -hmm. producing by two in a game with six turns was obviously a bad decision. So um, I, I just want to point. I just want to go against everything. Everyone, obviously, I'm active on Twitter. I make a lot of um, articles. A lot of people would go very directly at me for it. There's a lot of personal messages in my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Is that right? Wow. Are you serious? Going against, wow. And it's like, guys, come on. I saw the ones the card, that the were made was public. Busted. I saw the ones that and there people was some very were, good public ones. Yeah, uh, some classics. We will um, we'll get into it here. We'll let you people kind of no, no. scroll you through your Twitter to find them. I'm surprised about to, the DMs though. That's that's unfortunate. I'm sorry uh, to yeah. hear that. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. It, that's uh, good. That's what what does someone say to me? If people are getting like that, are you, you obviously you're doing something right. They... <laughs> <laughs> Suffering so, from success. <laughs> and and also, I'm actually very. Nick, I'm very anti-nerfs in general, but these two cards were, were, were obviously broken. And mm -hmm. so I just wanted to point out that, uh, get them a little soapbox a little bit there, whilst I have a different platform, just to say what I've said on stream a million times. It was so broken. Um, Zabu and Surfer though, I still think they're still very strong. I got a bit of um, pushback the other week. I put Surfer still as the top card, series five card. That was before I decided Zabu is actually still broken. Um, but, still but, broken. Oh, um, so, Zabu might get adjusted again. Uh, I think uh, we've ran off from these two cards too quickly, and there's definitely a net decking culture going on a little bit. Um, of course, we ran off away from cards too much. Um, Surfer, Surfer, my win rate with Surfer is still at like in the 60s, close to 70. Really? Um, um, with, like with a... both the move list and the basic list. Wow. What, does the basic that. list still look the same, or ha what, what does that look like? Similar to the one I put in our pre-chat, except for it wouldn't have Cloak. Um, it would have something else. I play Cloak too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can you can still win very consistently with it. I run into it. I still have a tough time. It's just that now, it's not as... Um, Surfer last month, not to be insulting or anything, but it was basically slam cards, watch number go big, win game. It wasn't... like There wasn't any like strategy to it. It was just put my card wherever. I know they're all going to get over 10 power or 8 power. Mm -hmm. and i just win so but now you actually have to pick where you play the cards more like a bit more like patriot a bit more like cerebro where you've got to decide where you're going to play your cards plan out your turns and you, you, you can still win just as many games to suffer a hundred percent guarantee and it is an actual archetype definer you can't play a surfer deck without surfer mm -hmm. so i still think it's one of the better cards out there honestly like it's actually really good still that's not just negative surfer which is actually still um is underplayed in my opinion yeah. um i think we ran off from it too quickly um, i think kraken null's move list in particular is really good um 
it's the yeah, Kraken Knolls move list is incredible, and that's the one that's in the Snap Zone tier list, and that's still a really good deck. If you've run away from it too quickly, you want to have something what no one's expecting, <laughs> I'd go back to playing it, because you get to play Cosmo proactively, which is um, not a thing what a lot of decks get to do. Usually Cosmo is actually a, a tempo loss, or you have to choose mm -hmm. to play it as a tech card. Whereas in Surfer, you just play it, and that, that has power in itself. Yeah, I mean, everyone's running Arrow right now, and certainly this deck doesn't seem to be as vulnerable to it as uh, as many of the others. So probably there's something there. Uh, just just looking at this list that you've posted, aptly named a Bloodlust Shaman. I guess the Silver <laughs> Server being the Bloodlust effect. Um, we have Iceman, Cloak, Lizard, Brood, Mister Fantastic, Silver Surfer, Storm, Cosmo, Juggernaut, Killmonger, Polaris, and Sarah. Um, notably absent is Maximus, um, although I assume <laughs> that's kind of what the sub was for the cloak. Um, yeah, uh, I'll talk a little tiny bit about my. This is my personal build, so I don't think this is the, necessarily the best. I like cloak as an ex, like as just a variant card, a different card. Usually you'd mm -hmm. have Scorpion or something there, so you got another two cost. Um, and Polaris or Mister Fantastic would be your Maximus normally if you were doing that, but I feel like Maximus is a bit risky at the moment. Um, mm -hmm because there's too many decks that want certain cards, and you just be giving them the chance yeah. to get it a bit quicker. If you play it early, obviously you play it last turn, it doesn't matter, which is why Maximus is still an amazing card. Um, but Polaris is really strong. That She's costed yep. as if she's a negative when it's actually a positive effect. Mm -hmm. but she should be a free-free. That's ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> yep. like, she's actually a positive effect. You're moving the opponent's game plan, anyway. Different topic. Um, but the Cloak is just my, my difference because it's 2-4 instead. Uh, I think too many people don't play Cloak because of the effect doesn't seem that good to them. But you get to move stuff too and also not move things. It's a good tempo play too, right? Like a lot of decks don't really play stuff on turn one. So you don't, if you're exactly. just tempoing it, it's it's just a 2-4, which is well above rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, I'm a Cloak. I've, I've got so many Cloak boosters waiting to finally get Max Grek Cloak. I've got that one. Eight, <laughs> oh. eight months. Every single shop I look, eight months. Yep. Anyway. Like... <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to say, like, if people listening, Surfer's still a really good card. It's just in line with Cerebro and Patriot. You might feel bad, worse to play it because you realized last time you were just winning by 40 points everywhere. <laughs> if you play it correctly, you still win. Storm Juggernaut wins the lane. Brood wins another lane, even with the plus two power. Cosmo's a really good card and you get to play it proactively which is um something i look for when i'm building decks is how can i play a tech card and have another use for it so um so that's a, you know. a, a you know i'm i really like silver surfer so i'm probably gonna have to give that give that a shot also what you said about maximus resonates with me zombies and i in control sarah which is seeing a little bit more play mm -hmm. um i wasn't so hot on max he was um Maybe we, we split the difference and we, we run Polaris. That doesn't seem like such a terrible um, uh, compromise. Yeah, because it's got you know an upside instead of a downside. And five is not as good as seven, but pretty darn good. Definitely um, above rate. Yeah. Above rate, yeah. Got to gotta add that expression to the, to the lexicon here. So, you know, <laughs> talking about the meta a little bit um, to kind of open up the conversation, I think that, that really with the Zabu nerf in particular, but probably also the Surfer nerf, um, we really have an open field right now. We're seeing a lot of deck experimentation. But to your point, safety, um, you know, there's always going to be a culture of net decking uh, in card games because... 
well, people have limited resources that they can expend, mm -hmm. and that's true in Snap. But also, I think the most valuable or the most um, priceless resource is time. The Snap ladder mm -hmm. is grindy. And mm -hmm. if I'm going to be tryharding, I want to make sure that I'm getting a maximum cube return on time investment. Last month, I almost exclusively played the Dracula Zabu deck until I hit infinite. And I, you know, unashamedly, I, I net deck that off you. This month, <laughs> I'm 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 in Timmy mode. I'm I'm gonna oh. hover around wherever I hover, and I don't I don't care. So I'm experimenting more. So those are the common decks that seem to have coalesced as being meta. Although by no means are other decks not good. These are probably the things you'll see most commonly on ladder, um, if you're in that kind of like 80 to 90 meat grinder. Um, so we've got Shuri Zero. We've got what I call Cope Sarah, which I think I got from the KM Best Discord, but it's just Control Sarah. So it's basically Sarah without Surfer, uh, kind of more common to what we would have seen prior to the Silver Surfer release. Uh, Lockjaw decks, most notably Thanos Lockjaw, although some people are still playing the classic like Double Thor Lockjaw lists as well. Uh, this one's not so common, although maybe after today with the Creator Clash, we might see more of it. Um, Devil Dino with Darkhawk, some of them with Devil, some with Darkhawk, some without. Uh, Death Wave, been been lots of hype around Death Wave. Some say it's the best deck in the game. Others are saying it's borderline unplayable. So that's an interesting <laughs> take. And and then what I liken to Modok piles, right? Just like random decks that run Modok because it's the cool new thing. I think now that we're kind of at the midpoint, I'm personally seeing a lot less. Although I still run into a couple a day. Um, those are the most common decks. Um, I think that 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 um, obviously uh, the the graphic that you're seeing on screen are the six decks that I just read off. Those are the lists from the Snap Zone tier list um which is the probably the most prominent tier list out there um and and certainly you should go have a look at that um especially since i stole their graphic thank you snapzone <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but uh I, I think there's a lot of debate like last month zabu decks on no one maybe on the fringes like in the toilet bowl that is reddit there was people arguing against it but i think that 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 um, this month there's a lot more debates. A lot of people are saying that Shuri is the best deck with like Zero and Red Skull. Other people are saying that Control Sarah cutting above the best. I've got some other people saying Lockjaw Thanos, best deck in the game. Thanos is completely busted. And I don't know what to make of it. I'll say this. I've been kind of playing a little bit of everything and kind of just been hovering around the low 80s. Um, my sense is that these decks are all very good, but I, I don't see one really rising above the rest as kind of really a clear winner. And I, I know Zombies and, and, and Safety Blade, you're a lot more tuned to the meta than 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 I am this month and, and Nate is. So I, I'm curious, like what do you what do you what do you think is like the 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 top contender? What do you think is overhyped and overrated? Oh, I like these questions. So uh, it's super interesting, and I don't think I think the beauty of this meta right now is I don't think there is a tier S deck. I don't think there's one deck that's head and shoulders above everything else. I mean, you never know with time as it goes on. Sometimes people find new stuff, but I'm pretty confident in saying there there's not one 
end all be all deck right now like there was in like the Zabu season or maybe to a lesser extent the Surfer season, which is great. Um, for me, th- what has really stood out so there were three main decks I used for my climb this season, and in my opinion, they are all easy tier one contenders. Uh, so one of those was the Shuri stuff, not the Sauron version because I don't have Sauron, I think Sauron's good too. Uh, but I don't have it, and I think it's still fine without it. It's still definitely tier one contender. The thing about Shuri is it's a very linear deck, so it has like I feel like Shuri, even like I know when I can beat it and when I can't, and I know what to expect from it almost all of the time. But well, we were talking about this the other day. I kind of likened it to the um, uh, ongoing destroyer yeah. of this month, yep. like very mm. like it's a stat pile that you kind of just say mm. here's my stats can you beat it and and if you can't i win very <laughs> proactive and linear yeah but it mm-hmm. it is i think yeah it is very proactive it's very linear but it has so much power that it can afford to do that um mm. but it's by no means uncounterable i've seen a lot of people saying that they like need to nerf sherry and i'm i'm not really sure i'm on the same page about that like i i think you know there's always going to be some tier one decks and i think shuri isn't really that problematic of a card uh i mean maybe it is for like because it it's a pretty nutty effect but i think in the context of the environment right now i don't think it's a power outlier i think it's a popularity outlier because shuri went to pool four whereas some of these other decks can be a bit more expensive so it makes sense that more people are playing it because it's more accessible and people have been wanting to play with Shuri for a long time and now they can actually do it. So, uh, cause when we initially looked at like some of the data and whatnot, the, the percentage played for Shuri, Shuri decks was insane. It, it mm. was everywhere. Um, mm. the other two decks I really, really liked and have a lot of confidence with are Sarah control and the Thanos lockjaw list. Um, the Thanos lockjaw is so cool. And uh, there's a great thread over in the Cam Best Discord that I've been active in. A bunch of other great creators have been active in uh, discussing the list. And the the neatest thing about the Thanos deck is that I don't think there's an objective best version of the deck. There are like two or three slots that you can kind of change cards up on. And depending on your play style and preferences, like certain cards will do better for you than they might for somebody else. And I think that's really cool. I think there are a lot of cards that are very core to the deck, but it's nice that there are those two to three spots where you see some people have Shang-Chi, Arrow, Leech. Like they're, they're very powerful cards in those slots, but they don't make or break the deck. And I think that speaks to just how resilient this deck is. And also the fact that there's not a list everybody is using like card for card makes it much harder to play around, especially in the mirror, because I don't know if I should be expecting a Shang-Chi, because not all the Thanos decks have Shang-Chi in it. And I think that is really interesting and kind of a benefit for the archetype, because as long as there continues not to be like a perfect 12, uh, it becomes harder to play against. And then Sarah Control got a huge boost from New Zabu. New Zabu fixed the biggest problem of Sarah decks, which is, well, your deck kind of sucks if you don't draw Sarah on five. And the reason why it was rough was because if you're paying four for your best tech cards, Shang-Chi and Enchantress, you often can't really weave anything else in 
other than sometimes a two drop. And now we fixed that. Now, if you have Zabu, you can play both those cards on the final turn. You could play a three mana Shang-Chi and weave in some other cards like a Killmonger. It it really has changed the, the deck fundamentally. Uh, I personally am a fan of a slightly different version than the one we have featured here. I tried out the version featured here and I liked it. Um, but I think over time, I really did not like Rescue. I think I've had a lot of people ask me, is, isn't is two four drops too little for Zabu? And uh, my answer to that is like a hard no. Like, I, I think it's easy to get baited into wanting more four drops in the deck for Zabu. But Rescue has anti-synergy with Sarah. She gives you a Shang-Chi target, which you do not want in this meta if you can avoid it. Um, and it, it just like, I felt like Zabu got like, he's a better tempo play. Now Zabu used yeah. to be not a good tempo play. Cause you were paying three for two, but you made up for that in the ridiculous things you did later. But now two for two isn't terrible. And the effect is actually very powerful and helps give the deck more consistency. Um, and then the amount of burst you have on that final turn between Bishop, uh, Mysterio interactions, Killmonger, Nova buffing your whole board, and the big reason why I think Sarah Control has a ton of game right now, Arrow is by far, I think, the most popular card in the game, and Sarah is one of the few decks that can actually clog up its board enough to where Arrow just isn't an issue a lot of the time. They can't Arrow your Shang-Chi away from their big thing lane because your lane is full. Uh, you, you played out all these cards on the final turn, so even if they have priority... Your lane's full. They're not moving your stuff around. And I think the between that and the fact that Shang-Chi is probably the strongest tech card in the game right now, uh, I, I think the deck is just kind of the nuts. It's it's one of my... That and Thanos are my favorite decks in the game. What did you so, sub for I Rescue? Uh, I put in Maximus. I'm, I, so I, I, my list, I changed a few things mm. here. I cut the Carnage, Hood, Package, and Rescue for Maximus. Let me actually double check here the list. Um, but the the thing I liked, and this was actually the list that basically carried me to infinite. I just had to I switched into a lockjaw deck for the last like two ranks because the the new location made it a lot worse to play at the time. It's a lot harder to play control when lockjaw is happening every game. Um, but so I have Scarlet Witch. I think Scarlet Witch is a, a mainstay in the the Sarah decks because the amount of times where you can just get rid of a bad location or win a lane because of changing the location is pretty huge. Um, I had Angela, though over time I think Sentinel is actually a better pick than Angela. Angela can give you more single lane burst, but Sentinel helps you fill out the board and get more value off of your Nova. And the big thing with Sentinel is... Uh, sometimes you have all your tech cards in hand and you just can't play anything. And so Sentinel just is always giving you something to play. That was It was actually Blue who suggested that to me, and I really, really liked the, the change there. It felt yeah. like a, a pretty big difference maker to me. So yeah, it was I changed in Angela, Maximus, and Scarlet Witch were the, uh, the swaps that I made. I was running armor instead of Maximus, uh, although I think um, I was loath to put in Maximus for some of the reasons that you cited Safety Blade. I do think I'm going to try Polaris. Yeah, I like that suggestion a lot, actually. The the thing I found with Maximus, right, the downside for Maximus is pretty big, but what I noticed was uh, if you're going to tempo out the Maximus, if you're paying attention to what your opponent does, quite often it's actually not giving them the full two cards. There are a lot of situations where it's giving them one card or even sometimes zero cards. And then you're just playing a three, seven. Um, mm -hmm. 
And then the times where you're too worried about giving them cards, you just hold it till the end. So I, I was, there were definitely quite a few games where I won from the Maximus bonus power that I wouldn't have, but I do like the idea of Polaris a lot, and I'm probably going to experiment with that. I need a Polaris variant. So <laughs> r- real problems here. Uh, so, um, so what I'm hearing then, if I were to summarize, uh, con- Control Sarah, Shuri Zero, and Thanos Lockjaw, good you didn't yep. talk about it but we've had some conversations death wave maybe a little overhyped yeah the my oh. my short synopsis on death wave is i think death wave is a great deck i think it is a high tier contender the thing i do not i do not like about death wave is i think you know exactly what to expect out of the deck and i think it's a very low cube mm-hmm. equity deck right now and i i feel like uh a great example of that was in watching the the tournament a bit today. Uh, Dare is a great player. He's been singing the praises of Death Wave quite a bit. And I think in battle mode, you really see the the downside of cube equity more than you do in ladder, um, where it's just like, if I know that Death Wave has the nuts, I'm, I'm just going to leave. Um, I feel like it's mm-hmm. it, it did. I feel like people used to fall for the the final wave turn stuff a lot more. And uh, Wave is a bit better now that Zabu's gone, because when Zabu is around in its old form, you could get under the Wave effect a bit easier. Um, but I just feel like I feel like the deck is very good, mm. but sometimes it has trouble with bad draws. And I think the the thing I like about it the least is the cube equity. It's not like the gameplay. It's not really what the the deck is trying to do. I think the deck does powerful things. I just okay. think that I... the cube equities. Very let mid. me let me interject here for a second and take us on a slight tangent. I really want to hear Safety Blades take on 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 your takes, but but let's talk about cube equity for a second. I hear this term thrown around a lot, and I'm pretty sure I know what it means. But I think a lot of people hear that and they nod and they're like, "Yeah, cube equity." Um, <laughs> so so why don't you explain? What do you mean by cube equity? Explain the concept in 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 uh, terms that even I could understand. So it's real simple. It's just like the the potential to get like the most cubes possible with your deck, right? And that's one of the reasons I like the Sarah deck is because I find I'm stealing more games with that deck from a big swing turn that the opponent doesn't always necessarily expect. Now, sometimes they will expect like the Shang-Chi because that's so common in like every deck right now. But what like I find a lot of times the the sudden boost I get from dumping stuff on the final turn and getting that like big Nova buff, people aren't expecting just how many numbers are being added to the, right. the field on that final turn. So they're more mm-hmm. likely to stay in a, a two cube, a four cube, an eight cube game. Whereas with Death Wave, if I know I'm dead to rights to uh, Arrow Death, I'm I'm just getting out. Like I, I don't so really stay in that game. In investing parlance, right? And I think the terms are a little bit different in the United States and Australia. A safe deck, right, will give you lots of safe one and two cubes, and that's like a GIC or a bond. Whereas decks that mm-hmm. have higher cube equity, you might be retreating more often, basically paying more cubes up front. But the investment, greater the risk, greater the reward, more mm-hmm. returns, hence the term equity. I just find yeah. it interesting that 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 maybe the, maybe the, that's a term used in poker. I don't know, but I just find it. I mm-hmm. heard like the term equity being thrown around to describe a deck's returns. I, I was like, you know, everyone's throwing this this term around. I'm, I'm not sure that, <laughs> that everyone understands it. I just want to take it for granted. I want to make sure that I understood it. So I appreciate no, good. the uh, the uh, the explanation. 
So, so safety blade. Um, so sounds like Thanos, Lockjaw, Shuri, Zero, and uh, and Control Sarah are the nuts, right? End of conversation. Do you agree? <laughs> End of conversation. I <laughs> uh, no, I could. I, I I agree with some of it. I don't agree with everything. But on the cube thing, just quickly, because yeah. this topic keeps coming up in some of the chats I'm having. I think we discount win rate too much at the moment um, mm. in this Probably game true. entirely. A lot of people, you'll post, post a win rate or you'll say something about how much you get the decks win. They'll be like, oh, what about the cubes? Um, cubes come from playing the game well um, as well. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with it's part of the poker term too. It's like a, but um, it's, it, cubes, cubes go up if you play the game well. If you are a good Death Wave player, and I'll talk about that deck first in a second. <laughs> if you're a good Death Wave player, you can look at your hand, turn one or two and snap much mm -hmm. more often than someone who's playing Sarah Control. Then you get them in for two. And then you win or lose that, and you should be able to be, if you're good at the deck, your win rate should carry you to win more of them. So uh, maybe it's a snapping problem more than other with that, if with Death Wave in I think particular. It is. I think you're right about um, that. People wait till turn five to snap when they've yep. hit their wave, and they're like, oh, I've got Wave, She-Hulk, and Arrow, and Death, and you're, gonna, you're so screwed if you stay in, and you, you snapped on five. Um, mm -hmm. So the person leaves. Boomer snap. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, that deck, you need to know earlier in the game if you're going to win. Mm -hmm. And a lot of builds I see with Death Wave out there in the wild do not have America Chavez. They should probably all try and put America Chavez back. Mm. Um, because you have certain cards you want earlier. Happy to hear that. You should Validating to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Big America um, Chavez fan. The cards you want to play on... It's, Wave's not the important card. You want to be playing Carnage, Deathlock and stuff on turns one, two and three. Like you don't... If you miss on that because you draw... She-Hulk and whatever other six-cost card you decided to put in there. Um, and you could have had Chavez in the deck. This might be a little bit of building it wrong. So my opinion, actually, is Deathwise probably is actually the best deck. Interesting. Um, still, right now. Like, I, you, it's one of the more consistent to look at your hand at the start of the game and know where the game's going to go. And that's got a lot of value. And Sarah Control can interact with it somewhat. It's actually... Harder for Sarah Control to beat Death Wave and almost every other deck on that list, on the tier list, in my opinion. Like it's got Sarah, the Wave, Wave is a counter to Sarah Control, even if you can still play the two cards. It is a pretty big counter because you're wanting to play Zabu, Sarah, and play like six cards on turn six. Yeah, it's definitely they never wave ideal you, it's like, when bang. they wave you. It, it definitely yeah. can feel bad even when you have the reductions. So, as, as, yeah. as I'm a Death deck, Wave on top. So, as a ladder deck, you value the consistency and and, and yes. that kind of resonates with me because when i think about my infinite climb last month what really was the game changer that propelled me out of like being stuck um was basically and obviously because zabu was so overpowered it was a lot <laughs> simpler you know logically but i understood when to snap if i have zabu and i'm playing it and i've seen the three locations hit the snap button and if my opponent snaps and I have Zabu, perhaps I stay in or snap back. Or if they snap, then I leave. It sounds like with Death Wave, there's a little bit of that going on where you could confidently snap. And if you understand what that person is telling you, chances are you, you, you either leave or if you don't, then you're, you're kind of getting a lot more two cubers, which might be a better strategy for ladder. The Dizavi's point when you're playing in, in this kind of reoccurring best of 
however many because the, the variants maybe maybe less valuable in the tournament setting and it was interesting and this happened in hearthstone as well there were decks for lineups and tournaments and then there were ladder decks and maybe we're starting to see a little bit of that uh, divergence here i have a question about chavez um so like i i very much i think your point makes a lot of sense where if you're snapping with the you know you have the very good starts that it makes death wave a much better deck and i think that's why i haven't had as much respect for it recently because i feel like the death wave players i've ran into are not doing that correctly and that's why they're having a tougher time but i do wonder do you think that consistency of getting those strong early games outweighs those times where you have your wave but you're really hoping to top deck that she hulk or that death on the final turn um, well, no, because you know you're not going to top deck it, so you know you're turn six, and they don't like you don't have to stay in to try and get. The oh, top deck. okay. So that that's kind of that's actually something I hadn't considered because you know maybe it's a benefit that more people aren't running Chavez because they expect they they don't think Chavez like, is, got, is in I've your deck. I've got a one in three, a one in four. I've got a one in four. I'm going to draw the out, and they stay mm-hmm. in. Yeah, they stay yeah. In until okay. Step back because they think they're going to draw it. They're like twenty five percent, which technically is the right trick to stay in so you stay in um, i like that uh, I, that's so that's Chavez makes that thing. a bit more consistent and we're also getting a bit too cute maybe with some of the death wave lists as well like you just go back to the basics really it's a basic list which is how have you so felt good. about uh i know the the big change that i've nice seen man. yeah the, the the so like the giving some like context for people who might not understand like why this change was made because I know Dara was the one who made the change and he had to make a command. There were so many people asking about like why. Um, I like Iceman. I like Iceman. Yeah. So I like Iceman too. And, but the reason he made the change of not putting in hood, which traditionally has been a mainstay in death wave is because with the addition of she Hulk, now your wave turned, you really don't want to play anything else that turn because if you do, you're basically telling your opponent, I can't she Hulk death you. I can't play, or if I do those things, I can't play a third card with those things, which is like the the turbo nuts with the deck, right? So mm-hmm. it be, it's become a little more awkward to fit in the demon than it used to be, because it used to be, oh, you just play your wave and you get your demon out on turn five, and it it didn't matter because you you didn't need to float that two mana to get the She Hulk. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you do you think Hood is still worth it even with that? kind of change the deck post She-Hulk, or is Hood just still really, really good and people should just run it anyway? Um, I think Iceman, I like Iceman. Mm-hmm. I really like the Iceman change. Um, but he, like, is a very good player, and he's take. He, I would just be dropping the tech card for Chavez. I would mm-hmm. like to have the answer. But this deck is as pure aggro as you can get in this game. And I agree. We're building away from it, trying to add all tech cards in and be... Uh, I don't know, being a bit too cute. Um, but even Squirrel, Squirrel Girl is the question mark for me. I have his deck pretty much built with Chavez right now on my account. I'm still considering whether I should just swap Squirrel Girl to put Hood back in. Um, personally, because the six power is still a lot and it can make a big difference if you don't draw what you need. Um, yeah. But I get, I get his reason for the change and I agree with Iceman having a good one drop instead. Mm-hmm. Um, makes a big difference. Like he's definitely made a positive change. And I, yeah, like I said, I, I'm 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 on Team Death Wave as one of the top decks. If you're actually looking for a consistent deck to play, um, our the tier list and Snap Zone doesn't have a top Patriot or Negative Surfer, which I would probably put higher up as well. 
um, or negative in general. Mr. Negative's probably a bit underplayed still. Mr. Negative's the ultimate um, high roll deck, in my yeah. opinion, but it, it, that's the way, if you want to be consistent and getting bigger cube gains, that's the one. And Patriot's just always a good deck. And we Very consistent. far too much. We disrespect it a lot at the level Patriot, of... I know it means zombies play or... a lot. Patriot Surfer. I go both. I like Patriot Surfer. I have a special place in my heart for that one. <laughs> but, I like that one um, too. But um, so but hearing Patriot you, Patriot Classic. So hearing you describe Death Wave. So I never played any Death Wave, and that was a function of the awful collection system we all have to contend with. My last, <laughs> my last Pool Five card was freaking Wave. Pool Three, excuse me. Yes, Pool Three. Jesus. Salt Lake Pool Five. So I never played <laughs> Death Wave. Um, but the way you describe it as pure aggro, that speaks to my heart and soul. Maybe I should uh, give that deck a, a spin. Yeah, I, Let's do I it. really like the the argument that, that Safety Blade made for it, because I think the reason I have been discounting it is because the death waves I've seen aren't effectively snapping, and it's making things a lot worse mm. for themselves. Like, it makes it very easy for me to just know when to get out and know when to stay in versus them. Whereas I think if you embrace the strategy he was talking about, where if you know you have a really good hand in turn two or turn three, your cube equity probably becomes much, much better. So that could just be a case of, you know, people understand how to play the deck, but don't understand the, the snapping lines yet. And as that changes, maybe the, the equity improves quite a bit. So this has been a, a really interesting conversation and i i don't mean to squelch it um but kind of doing a time check uh, i just want to make sure <laughs> that that we're good to keep going um before we pivot so if, if there are any final thoughts on the meta or or things that are, are over or underrated uh curious if there are any other thoughts before i drag you into talking about some of the cool new things on the horizon i'll, I'll give two more thoughts i'll be quick just for people listening shuri um zero sauron overrated it's an okay deck. It's just a big power spike deck. It's going to go the way of Ongo and Destroyer over time. Honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and Finos Lockjaw um, was underrated. It's now massively overrated, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think we will... The tournament, the guy just ordinary how he won with a deck, mm -hmm. which is my preferred version of that sort of deck going the ongoing package instead and i think we'll start seeing more move towards that which might be an even better deck interesting so, I'll, I'll... the locations make you think about decks differently mm -hmm. that location yeah. came out as the deck was starting to get pick up steam with lambie series deck everyone played it and suddenly everyone thinks it's the best deck because the location made it a lot better um sounds like uh uh what happened with um lamentus leader yeah <laughs> yeah, when Lamentus kind of changed the meta, right? That, that's, and then the deck stuck around after. I, I will probably die on the hill of I, I can't figure out the, the ongoing version of Thanos. Like, I, I've seen people have success with it. I think it can work. I feel like it it's much easier to counter or shut down, at least the versions I've seen, than the big stuff lockjaw version. Like I, I tried to play the ongoing and it just and I think that is really just what comes down to Thanos. It's it's such an interesting and unique card and it does something that you aren't ever doing with other decks in Marvel Snap. You have a bigger deck. Like you are drawing cards and you have a bigger deck which just doesn't happen. So in like any other uh deck in the game, because smaller decks 
we don't really have card draw in this game typically. And so I, I really do think that the best thing with Thanos is if you find something that's working for you, you, you don't need to go listen to like what everyone else says is the best. If it's working for you, stick with it. Cause I think that really is where Thanos shines the best. It's not finding the perfect 12. It's finding the version that you play the best and are most confident with. And, and I'm going to go to bat for that because I had a lot of success playing your iteration, which was a take on human spiders initial mm -hmm. iteration of the Thanos lockjaw deck. And then I started playing a lot of the other ones out there. And every time I swapped, my game got progressively worse. And I've had the least success with Lambie's deck. And like Lambie is a GM in Hearthstone. Lambie could play a pool one deck and probably beat me um you know nine times out of ten um i i just i really dislike shang chi I, I really can't get my head around certain things everyone says it's better i don't know if this is true or because it's groupthink but when i load up the the infinite dino version that, that that you posted i i climb with it and when i play the wave lamby version I, I drop and maybe that's just because i suck but you know we got to take your own skill into account as well um mm -hmm. interestingly enough and, I, and I'll, I'll use this to pivot um, we, you and I, zombies, we experimented a lot with Ghost brewing some some decks, and where you know spoilers, we saw success with it were in kind of lower to the ground zoo decks. I do wonder if Thanos Zoo will will have its stonks risen by Ghost. <laughs> um, and 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 I think that you know one of the things that's interesting about the cards that have been released this month is that they're kind of not really exciting or the cards that are to release this month. Um, you know, they're all going to pool five, and that's going to make those pool five pool pulls a little bit worse. I think the one that's caught all of our attention is Ghost. Um, and, and you know, I think that that before we get into it, um, I'll address the elephant in the room, because I, I noticed you were asked this, like, at least 100 times last night, zombies. <laughs> Should I buy Ghost? And the answer is maybe, probably not. I think that if one of the decks you see tonight really speaks to you and it's proven to work well, then maybe you can buy it. Uh, probably for most people, 3,000 tokens is probably a more reasonable investment considering how premium the collector's tokens are. So Ghost. So what is Ghost? So Ghost is a one energy, two power card with an ongoing ability that reads, your cards are always revealed last i.e. their on-reveal abilities happen last. Unlike other cards, which proc its on-reveal the second the card flips, Ghost has to be already revealed the turn at start for the effect to come into play. So, for example, if you want all of your effects to happen last on turn six, you have to play Ghost on turn five. It's not going to flip immediately. Um, and, and unfortunately, that makes the card probably more balanced um originally we thought it would be immediately so just kind of a kind of a note there on on priority um we have some interesting brews that uh, that um both safety blade and zombies have come up with unfortunately the decks that zombies and i theory crafted all fell flat i feel so <laughs> bad i was watching you play that dino list last oh, night and you were like sad. i think i'm gonna switch off of this but i'll give it another go and i was like typing in chat no get off of it it's done <laughs> Anyways, you, you gave it you gave it a, an honest try, and I, I I do appreciate that. So um, 
so safety blade you, you you actually published an article on snap zone which i think everyone should go check out where you you know theory crafted some some ghost lists and some of them looked pretty compelling so i thought maybe um you could take us through a couple of them and and talk us through a little bit of the thought process behind the, the deck and kind of what you know obviously they're theory crafts so they haven't been proven mm. on ladder but why you think that you know ghost could boost the archetype in question so um not too sure which order we have them queued up uh i can do the order that they're in the uh our our google doc there all right perfect let's do that the valve variant is amazing Ari Moon, by yes. the way, on the screen for anyone. <laughs> that that's one. one of the ones on my list I need to get. Um, so first up, Ghost in particular, um, there's a Twitter account and someone I interact with called Shade Says, who's an amazing deck builder. The very first two are actually both her additions to versions which are out there already of decks. Cool. And the first list, the Valkyrie control list, is one of my actual favorite decks to play altogether. It sometimes gets hosed by ongoing decks, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really care because the decks go cool to play. It's amazing in battle mode too, if you're looking for a battle mode deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal goal here is to, you, you, you kind of try and activate Adam Warlock with one of your zero or one drops and then try and keep drawing cards. You play Daredevil early on, so you can see what happens on five. Spider-Man or X to lock a lane. And you're setting up to Valkyrie to last lane. Um, which will hopefully have Ant-Man or um, Angela in it, and they buff up over the top of their lane, and you win. Um, works m- works consistently without Ghost. So adding Ghost just adds that ability to always not have priority. Because sometimes the problem is you're playing someone who is also just not playing cards enough. You end up ahead in two lanes, and then your Valkyrie is basically useless. Mm-hmm. The Ghost just helps you make sure that your Valkyrie's always always got use and you're more likely to win. What was it using? Pretty much the deck. What was it using before uh, Ghost came out? Mojo, in my yeah. version. But you could also play Hood. People play Hood so they can throw mm-hmm. priority. Because um, Hood throws priority. And you yeah. can stay behind. Um, I really like Yellow Jacket and Wasp because you can play them on um, six with Valkyrie. So you can have one card in the lane. You play both of them mm. and Valkyrie to fill the lane. So you actually have more cards than your opponent in the lane. Um, mm-hmm. as well, which is another really good one. It's an amazing battle mode deck. Um, if anyone looking for a battle mode deck too. Um, because it can, if you know what your opponent's trying to do, you can play even more consistently with this deck. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my favorite one. Rogue used to be in there. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm there because of the of slightly different meta at the moment in this one. But yeah, you, if you wanted Rogue, you'd drop armor for Rogue. Yeah, if you see too um, much ongoing, Rogue is good, but ro- ongoing's died down a bit after the balance changes, at least in my experience. Here the kitty got put in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Dino and Hawks are what you're looking for, but a lot of the time you just got to try and avoid that lane because that's the lane they yeah. can win. Yep, that's exactly. That, that's been the problem with Rogue. She's just a bit too expensive. Um, yeah. And a lot of times yeah, they hold yeah. too, right? Like sometimes they'll hold those ongoing for the final turn. And it's like, you really can't afford to take that gamble because you need to be falking on the final turn a lot of the time. Exactly, it's like, what... yeah. It's, it goes anti to your plan, plan a little bit. It's just the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, last month when they were playing the ongoings earlier because they had Zabu, it was definitely better. But um, I'm also experimenting with Debris in my version actually at the moment too. Oh, that's neat. Um, instead of armor so there's there's room to change this deck around but the basic plan is 
Or your whole deck in Valkyrie, then. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great shell. I, I like your build a lot here. Uh, like, I mean, it's very similar to the one I've been playing. I did cut the Yellow Jacket, but I, I do think zero-cost cards are kind of the nuts in Valkyrie because it lets you surprise Valk lane somebody. Like, they only see one card, and they don't think you're going to Valk that lane. And Yellow Jacket kind of enables that a bit. Um, uh, I made, like, a few slight changes. But overall, this, the core is the exact same. Like, the... Spider-Man and Professor X are incredible because the the tricky thing about this is you need to close down one lane before the Valkyrie turn. So, and then Daredevil just makes those cards so ridiculously good cuz those those you want to be playing those on turn 5. Like that is almost always your best turn 5 play. I've really liked the armor because I played a lot of Valkyrie in past metas and the amount of times I got blown out by a Killmonger was frustrating um because the you know i usually use i, I find it interesting you don't have uh ant-man oh no you do you do i'm i can't see um <laughs> and, and no, I'm, I'm definitely there <laughs> yeah no i i glossed over it but i i really do like uh this list quite a bit i think uh the core of valkyrie control will always have like a lot of these cards like ant-man wasp angela uh daredevil spider-man x mm -hmm. uh it, it's just a really good core and then Ghost is really fixing that one problem you mentioned where sometimes you'll just, you're trying not to take priority, but in order to put yourself in a winning position, you kind of have to make a play that forces you to. So Ghost really patches up what was probably the biggest weak, like downside of the deck, aside from the games where you just don't draw the Valkyrie. And thematically correct. Yeah. <laughs> For those who have seen the film, uh, which hey, I now have. Question question in chat does uh does Ghost have an animation? I don't think so. If if there is one, I haven't noticed it. Hmm. Okay. It's All right. Question. <laughs> hey, yeah. Um... All right. It what's is. uh what's the next deck here? It's a Luke Cage hazmat. It looks like. Yeah. So the take, second take one ten special. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a lot of success with Luke Cage and hazmat uh, last month, and. Um, Luke Cage and Hazmat are probably underplayed cards as a combo. I think they can go in a lot of decks. Um, this particular problem, it has the same problem though, because you're setting up stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes end up with priority, then they play their cards and you can't play Hazmat afterwards. And then you only get rid of their turn prior. So basic, basic Luke Cage Hazmat deck um, with Ghost instead. So you're always playing after them. That's pretty much the game plan on this one. Um, I think you can get a bit more creative over time, but I'd have to actually test it with whether I need Odin or not. Yeah, um, what's the game plan here? So you play... Luke Cage, you try and play where you can early if you can. The main game plan is play good, play good cards, drop the cards into their lanes with Green Goblin and Devlin, um, Debris, Wong into um, Magic on 5 if you can, so you can Wong Mystique. Um, later on and do some sort of combination there but if you can't magic you just try and get Wong down for turn um, five play hazmat on the same lane odin on that lane um yeah magics to increase the chance of the combo there's things i would work on over time with this one unlike the first one um where i would try would try some different stuff like i'd probably since building that deck i'd probably just put zabu in there now <laughs> and, and do it a bit differently. But yeah, the was, same plan is the same idea. It's the same idea as the first one. Is that I need you need to go last. Ghost, make sure you go last. Ah, uh, okay. 
Makes sense. Yeah. This is one where like I finally got all the cards for it. Like over the past week, I, I opened up Luke Cage and I was like, oh, cool. I could play this now. And uh, but it's this is a tricky one to to pilot correctly. And I can see having priority or not makes a huge difference. And the ghost feels like it really fits that that need. We have a couple people in chat asking, I think for this deck and the last one, like with Ghost is the new card that a lot of the um audience may not have access to yet. Are there what like mm. what substitutions would you make? Oh uh, well just I for, can just plug some of my content for a moment actually. There's oh please do, please do. There's a, there's an article up for Space Room and there is two hazmat decks in that that article. If you got um, it, throw the link into into chat. I will. I will. I, I believe these are like they're slightly tech to the location, but pretty yeah. bad. they're pretty much the normal sort of builds. And more I like the that way idea that for it, it too. It um, so seems good because I would put like Black Widow in. I would do something like the Hood, so you can lose priority. Same as we we're just talking about. You can play cards like Viper to send it over if you don't want to lose priority. Um, I actually prefer builds which drop Odin a lot of the time. Instead, and just go with one mystique into the combo, um, and use like Zabu now to get the their Wong down a bit earlier. So there's a build in that in that article, and one which is built that specifically for the location, which I would look at as your um, ways to go. But yeah, Hood's a good substitution, even without Viper, um, because it lets you throw priority, which, as I said before, is like the most important thing with Hazmat mm -hmm. deck. Um, is that you're going second. Yeah, it makes a big the, difference. The space from one, um, the hot tip there for um, on that before I leave the space from article. Play Nightcrawler. Um, yep. And just mm -hmm. Green Goblin. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I'd do it. I would Ghost of the Hood, even without Viper, is actually a good inclusion because you're throwing priority. Awesome, thank you. Um, and the last one is the um, the one I would really like to do, but I need the card to actually try and work out if this works or not. <laughs> the, the last, oh, Sarah. The last one is I was messing around with this last season with Zabu, and it's really surprisingly great um, to play Luke Cage and Hazmat in a Sarah deck. Um, so, Sarah, Zabu, bring everything cheaper. You can play some, you, out of the numbers there, you play some pretty good combos of cards. You've got Typhoid Mary, which you can double with Shuri. Um, as well, that's a, a combo. I won one. My first tour tournament win was with that combination, um, because Luke Cage stops Typhoid Mary and Lizard, so you can play them. Um, and yeah, you're basically just playing a Sarah list. The rest of it, you've got two tech cards which are really great in Shang Chi and Enchantress. You could probably swap Enchantress around, depending on what you're seeing, and for something like Absorbing Man, so you can then use that with the other rest of the combos if you want to. And I'm really on the fence ghost is pinned in my shop mm -hmm. i get the tokens and i really <laughs> want to play and try this particular deck i will be pulling the trigger because um this one this one takes away the downside of zero, uh, zero having to hit certain cards instead of using luke cage which can be proactive and it's... you can play a lot of cards play a lot of these cards will get played throughout the game and the hazmat acts like a. If you see hazmat as instead of you buffing your side, you're debuffing them. Mm -hmm. um, and while it's not buffing yours, like it's a, it's basically a buff for your side of the board. Yeah, this, this is the one really I'm most neat. excited about. 
I, I like this a lot. This is something that definitely was not on my radar for Ghost, but I'm definitely going to have to try it because it combines like two things I really like, which is like you have the, the nice Sarah control package where you can still do your Shang-Chi and Trances blowouts, but like you're not, that's not your only plan of attack, right? Like you can, you can go the hazmat angle too just as easily. And the hazmat cards really appreciate the Sarah reduction, right? Because they might not even know you're a hazmat deck till the final turn, which I think could definitely. Uh, get some sneaky wins. And Typhoid Mary is yeah. just such a stat bomb that you usually don't expect to see in a deck like this. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got it's got all the um all the surprises in there. Yeah, this one's built in my client, so you can see all my variant choices there. Anyone who wants to know what the best yeah. variants are, sure <laughs> needs to be changed. So I have ghost <laughs> I have ghost pinned in my shop as well, and I'm all this is doing is convincing me to 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 get it, but um, there's uh, one deck that that we'll be looking at in a second that was kind of the the final nail in the coffin for me, for two reasons. One, it's a style of play that I like, and two, I tried playing it without Ghost, and uh, well, <laughs> zombies can tell you how that went. <laughs> yeah, the, so so deck he's talking about is uh, Ghost Zoo. So uh, some of you who are more you know tuned into to all the the different creators posts and stuff, uh, and especially those who also watch KM Best, he's brought it up a few times. Cleanup Zoo. So Cleanup One Forty One, great player uh, who has had a ton of success with Zoo with only pool two cards actually. So uh, Cleanup Zoo is basically. Uh, traditionally a zoo deck but it ran the shang chi and the enchantress as kind of like a nod to the the sarah control style of well we're trying to flip one of the lanes at the end of the game and i always thought it was really neat um but it was never something that like fully interested me until ghost came out and i played this deck a lot i've i've played this deck probably i probably put like a good five plus hours into this deck since ghost came out and it's by far, this and Valk, to me, are the, I haven't tried hazmat stuff yet, so I can't speak to that. Um, but the, the, I've tried a lot of different ghost decks since I got the card, and the two that seem to consistently make the best use of the effect have been this Zoo deck and the uh, uh, the Valkyrie deck. And I think the Zoo one is the slightly better deck, but they, they do pretty different things, so it's hard to directly compare them. Um, but I really love this deck. This deck is like quickly becoming one of my favorite decks in the game uh bast also gets a home here and bast is kind of the nuts in this deck i think bast is like one of the best cards in this deck i know cleanup mentioned a few times he really wants to try bast just doesn't have it yet um but the amount of cards that gain a significant amount of power from bast is kind of insane we only have one downside here with kazar losing one power if it's in our hand but a lot of these cards get buffed up really nicely the thing about this deck though is it's not super straightforward to play always like sometimes you have to be very aware of like holding your one drops um now there are definitely two popular decks that i would say are unfavorables which are namely death wave and sarah control because those are the two most popular killmonger decks that said due to ghost there have been times i've been able to win with the zoo deck through a killmonger believe it or not and that shang chi in this deck has won more games than i can count uh, that Shang-Chi single-handedly makes, in my opinion, the, the Sherry matchup at least slightly favored. Uh, because, you, yeah. 
you need Ghost for this deck. I tried playing it without Ghost, and those turn six Killmongers will ruin you. Whereas with Ghost, mm -hmm. you can hold your one-drops, they'll monger, you'll lose some stuff, maybe Sunspot, maybe Iceman, the things that you typically would tempo out, and you can slam Squirrel Girl, Iceman, um, whatever you've been holding on to, and just go super wide and just blow them out. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, this is like, this is one of those, what do I replace with Ghost in this deck? I tried M'Baku. Honestly, it didn't matter. You could put in Korg, it, you'll lose to Killmonger, whereas this will allow you to kind of weave around it. So, so, um, uh, you'll lose a lot of cubes if you play this without a ghost. <laughs> so it this can is be rough the, for sure. Yeah, and it's meta dependent as well. I will say, if you're running into a lot of death wave and Sarah control, even if you have ghost, I probably wouldn't play this. But I, those decks haven't been so pop. Like they're popular, but they're not popular to the point where they're like you know more than half of my games or something. So the deck, the meta is varied enough to where I find this can succeed. And it really takes people by surprise. Like, people are not used to running into Zudex anymore. Like, once you get out of pool two and people have, you know, died to Killmonger a few times, like, people kind of stop playing the Zudex. And uh, I think there really is an, an argument for this one being, like, a a very real contender. It's it, it's not the easiest thing to play. It definitely takes a while to get a hand on, handle on the play patterns and when you're supposed to be holding cards... Uh, versus when you're not supposed to be holding cards and just supposed to be tempoing out. Um, but I'm I'm like consistently surprised at just how much power this deck manages to put out versus other decks that are also very uh, like good at putting out big power. So question for you. Mm -hmm. So Bishop's kind of, it's been good. Mm -hmm. He gets kind of big. Um, but kind of also, you know, a bit of a pivot card. What if we take Bishop out, put in Thanos? Maybe? I don't know. I don't think that's for this version idea. it's the correct <laughs> play. I think if you want to build Thanos Zoo, it's just a different deck. Like, I think there's an argument for doing a Thanos Zoo with Ghost and Valkyrie, because, I mean, I did play a lot of Thanos Zoo with Valkyrie a while ago and had a lot of fun with it, and it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But this deck very much does not want the... the It wants to see as many of its cards as it can, it, and it doesn't really want the stones. I mean, you could try it. Uh, but I don't think for this specific build of it, that's the way to go. I think you're going to have much more consistency. And and that's coming from like a, a big stand, the big Thanos stand. Like, I, I don't think this is the deck for him. Although, admittedly, you, you probably could build it rather similarly if you were trying to build a Thanos zoo. Like, these are a lot of cards you'd still include. Um, obviously, you'd need Quinjet because there's yeah. you, you can't play Thanos zoo without Quinjet just doesn't make sense but uh there might be something to that but it's a very different deck than this because like the the reason that i i suggest it other than just because you know i want to jam thanos into everything is that um the one thing that i did find with this deck as a potential weakness <laughs> was that um wait you laughing at me i want to play with my big shiny card that i spent six million tokens on six six thousand no but but in all seriousness um this deck wants to be able to play cards in all three lanes and uh, there are still a lot of locations out there that will prevent you from playing cards in two lanes. Uh, Reality Stone just seems like 
a nice yeah. tool to have, but maybe maybe we're we're decreasing the power level too much to kind of get it's that consistency is the issue. Thanos, you're naturally going to have a less consistent deck even with the stones drawing you through, and I don't think that like the big thing with this deck is I can't tell you how many times I win the game because of Shang Chi, and some of those times it's because Ghost is letting me Shang second while I would have otherwise had priority, but. There have been a lot of games where if I just drew the Shang-Chi as one of my last cards instead of whatever else I drew, I would have won the game. So anything decreasing the chance of finding that like Holy Grail tech card is uh, is not good to me. Fair enough. All right. Point taken. This is why I have you guys in here to 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 curb my my terrible impulses that will. <laughs> make well, it's terrible. Like, I think there could be something to like a Thanos Zoo deck. I just think what the deck is trying to accomplish is different than what this deck is trying to accomplish. There might be a lot of overlap with the cards. So it kind of looks like, and so I can kind of understand like where the question comes from, but I do think like this deck, the goal of it, it is like, not only are we a zoo deck, but we're a zoo deck that can counter a big thing with the Shang-Chi. And that's a big reason why the deck is so good. And that's kind of why I cut Enchantress. Cause there's less, there's less ongoing around and there's also more collateral damage with Enchantress because we have a bunch of good ongoings. So I and having more cheap cards has been better because then you can just hand vomit out easier. And Bishop's been very good for that too. Also, Bishop with a Bast buff is like the nuts. Like sometimes yeah. my Bishop gets Shang Chi to get so big. <laughs> I have one thing saying Bishop because I played a lot of Zoo um, mm-hmm. when the global release, um, and I still think my. My zoo deck is the best deck on the planet. Um, but Bishop, you could play Wolfsbane. Yeah, um, that'd probably be uh, pretty you, decent, right? Like, it's the... Wolfsbane's one you'll probably want to wait for, like, until you fill the lane or towards the end yeah. of the game, whereas the thing I like about Bishop is he's a good tempo player for wanting to yeah, hold our one-drops, because a lot of times we are wanting to, to hold. So, uh, also, unnerf Bishop, and, please. Yeah, <laughs> what was Bishop? He was a 3-2. Oh wow! I didn't know that. So that was yeah. before release then. Yeah, it was in beta. It was Bishop was uh, Zoo was like cracked in half in beta. Zoo was like, and truthfully, I really do think with just how much Killmonger shuts it out normally, they it really wouldn't be such a bad thing to unnerf Zoo. I think they they nerfed Zoo because they didn't like how it was continuing to be dominant after pool two, in uh, in the beta, and I think now that the power level is a bit higher with newer cards. I think it's it's not that crazy. Like I think the game would benefit from having Zoo be a more viable archetype. It'd also make less people mad about Arrow. Yeah, <laughs> but then they'd have to play Zoo, right? And yeah. <laughs> uh, even, though the, even though the concepts of control and aggro are not really transposable to snap in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. um, there's still stigma associated with playing Flood decks for whatever oh, reason. Oh, for sure. There always is. People, Which is... people have hated Zoo as long as Hearthstone's existed. So <laughs> there's always been some of that. Uh... But I agree, it's harder. Like We don't have as traditional archetypes in Snap, which I think is actually really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So uh, you had one yeah. more that, that you played. Um... Oh yeah, the Valk deck. Yeah, so there's a lot of overlap with the Valk deck uh, and the the version Safety Blade had. I I'm a Hood fan. I I will always run Hood in Valkyrie. It, I just can't ever get myself to cut the card. I love it too much. 
mainly because hood is like the perfect bait. I can't tell you how many times people see the hood and they see me not getting rid of it immediately. And they're just like, oh, they're going to have a terribly hard time winning this lane. So I feel like it kind of baits people into the, the Valk lane or, or, or it baits them into not playing many cards into that lane. So Valk mm. is guaranteed to get it. The, uh, the more recent addition, which has been surprisingly effective, was Titania. Um, Titania is a card I usually don't play with because I feel like it's a real big brain card and I do not have the, the big brain ability to play it optimally all the time. It's just like a hard card to, to play perfectly. Um, but a lot of the time, Titania, we're just throwing in there. We It just gives us another thing to do with Valk on the final turn. And then sometimes there's a fun benefit of you can use Titania. Safety Blaze knows all about this because he did it to me. Uh, you can use it to lock out an opponent's lane. Um, and then on the final turn, if you have two spaces, you just play a card, you get the Titania back, and it swings the game. And it's a really neat interaction. Uh, oh, wow. Hard to play card, but very rewarding and satisfying. Um, the rest of the list is very similar to the the one safety covered, and I think that's because it's just the good Valkyrie core. Um, mm -hmm. I could definitely see the argument for getting in another zero, uh, but I don't know what exactly I would cut because I really liked every card in here. Uh, there is an argument for the armor might not be super needed, but I'm I've just lost to Killmongering my Valk lane a bit too many times. So maybe that's less of an issue now that Ghost is a thing because that only happened before Ghost for me. So maybe it's worth trying. After but... playing your other deck without Ghost, <laughs> I, I would say that if you play the cards into the Valk lane on turn six, then yes. If you mm -hmm. play them before, then no. So I don't know how that translates, but Ghost yeah. is, is really a good like monger preventer, blowout mm -hmm. preventer on turn six. But yeah, if you like Valkyrie, if Valkyrie is like one of your favorite cards in the game, I think Ghost becomes much more of an enticing buy. It's one of the, the best archetypes for the deck and it gets pretty significant boost. But you do have to remember that Ghost does not work if you play it on the final turn. So if you have priority on that final turn and you slam the Ghost and Valkyrie, it's not flipping that turn, uh, which which makes it a little bit worse than I thought it was going to be, but it's still more than good enough to give like a solid boost to this deck. This deck's super fun, and I do think, uh, like Safety mentioned earlier, uh, probably has even greater potential in battle mode uh, than ladder, but it definitely can work on the ladder. Like this and the Zoo deck are the only ghost decks i feel like have had con consistent success over a larger number of games everything else i've tried with it it's it's either bad or it's a worse version of another deck some really cool things i i i mean i'm i i was sold on on ghost for some time i had dark hawk pinged i was gonna buy dark hawk for six thousand tokens i figured ghost is gonna be in pool five for at least a couple months just based on precedent mm -hmm. dark hawk's downgrading i like these go wide kind of flood decks um, I thought Ghost was going to be good in some other decks I was excited for. Probably not, but this is good enough for me. So I think that uh, I'm not really interested in in, in um, Stature and Kang, yeah. um, the Conqueror. There might be some cool cards that get mined from the next patch, but that'll be next month. And as a Series 3 player, I can expect to, at minimum, be able to get one Pool 5 card a month. So I, I think Ghost is going to be an interesting one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and uh, in our... In our uh, chat that you guys can't see on screen, um, Nate posted a, a sick Dan Hip variant for Ghost, and that kind of just sealed the deal. I gotta oh, get that. it's so it's nice. Very good. 
It's very good. I want that one so bad. But I love Ghost's default art. I'd still buy yeah. that, but their default art's really good. I, I'm a big fan of Ghost. So guys, we've been we've been at it now. Uh, we crossed the two hour mark. So I, I think we probably should wrap. So before we do, just wondering if you had any final thoughts on these ghost lists or the the meta or any of the other conversations we had before we we we, we wrap. I, I think we covered it for the most part. I really enjoyed uh uh, everything especially getting like uh some of safety's insights it's a player i have a lot of respect for and i, I always like hearing i think one of the things that is awesome in card games is just having interesting discussions with people who like you it's it's a good thing to not always agree with people about everything because mm. i think that leads to much more uh like learning and knowledge and for me that's one of the things i like most about card games that that's why i bought ghost was even though a bunch of the decks i tried sucked i didn't hate my time with them because i learned something like i learned oh these probably aren't the homes for ghost i haven't tried out the the hazmat stuff so i'm actually pretty excited to try that um because i think hazmat's really fun and i'm a sucker for a good sarah deck so uh, i guess i know what i will be playing in the near future <laughs> That's really cool. Well, so I, I do want to uh, thank all of you for um, coming out to watch us live. And of course, um, Nate, Zombies, uh, Safety Blade for uh, spending Saturday evening and slash Sunday afternoon for those of us in the future um, uh, <laughs> today. Um, just kind of a, a final thought before we wrap. Um, and and I, and I kind of alluded to this at the beginning. I'm just going to repeat it. Um, Safety Blade is the reason that I was able to hit infinite. That's not me trying to butter up the guest. That's that's a fact. So when it comes to the articles that he writes, the decks that he publishes, the knowledge that he generously shares um, with the Snap community, for those who are trying to climb or grind that first infinite out, I really think that this is someone that you should be paying attention to, both for the featured and hot vocations. Don't, don't shy away from them read the articles and play into them Gen genuinely i've had some of my most successful climbs off the backs of those locations with the knowledge imparted from those articles so so really a a, a tremendous figure that that has a lot to to offer and share and i really thank you i know you have a busy schedule a lot going on outside of snap really appreciate you taking a few hours to to, to talk with us here today safety Oh, thank you. Uh, you're gonna make me blush. So, safety. Yeah, I genuinely mean it. I don't dole out yeah. praise easily, so um, it's it's <laughs> genuine. Um, so, for those that want to engage with you more outside of today's episode, where can folks find you on the internet? Um, Twitter. Fortunately, that website. Some people don't want to go to. Uh, Safetyblade underscore hs. It was made whilst I played Hearthstone. Um, is where I, where you can find me. Um, I'm I'm very responsive there. Um, you can ping me in Discord. I, I like to discuss decks. I like to discuss ideas, and um, I try and be positive with that too. And also Marvel Snap Zone. Um, I contribute there a couple of times a week for the locations. And when I have a deck, like the one I've recently posted, which I want to write more about, because I think there's something to learn about. I like to write more of a guide then. Um, but also, um, I like to try and post when I have something which actually is useful to say. Um, so please, um, please, yeah, just engage me wherever you want to, really. And also, I will be hopefully 
next week because next week is busy. But hopefully every single week on Tuesday my time, Monday nights for most people, I'm streaming and I'm trying to find a second time to stream regularly too. So on Twitch at Safety Blade. That's me. Very Wonderful. Cool. Um, you you mentioned engage in Discord. Any Discord servers in particular that you frequent? Uh, Snapzone, KMVest, and Coco4. And the Fighting Pit. I'm still part of the Fighting Pit one, zombies. I can see that. Yeah, there the <laughs> it's not as active <laughs> as it used to be, unfortunately, um, with the, the death of mercenaries. But, you know, I, I, I'm slowly converting into a Snap Discord. We have a Snap <laughs> channel as the main focus now, and you can find... I tried to make it convenient to find all the stuff I do there, but uh, I, I definitely got a vouch for Snapzone is definitely my uh, favorite website to use for most of the, the news and information I go for, and uh, Safety Blades articles are a big part of that, so definitely uh, vouch for that. So Zombies, where can our audience find you on the internet? Uh, so you can find me over on YouTube, Zombies Go Nom Nom. I pre post pretty much daily stuff there. Uh, the the most popular stuff recently has been, uh, funnily enough, also covering uh, location decks for the, the new and the hot locations. Those have been really well, and the reception has been really nice. I actually put a Safety Blades Pool 1 deck in there today, because I, I couldn't figure out a way to make that better. Like I, I think that was just a great uh, build for Pool 1 players. Um, other than that, uh, you can find me on Twitter under the same name. Twitch uh, has, it's a slightly different name, Zombies with a Z at the end of it. Maybe I'll change that at some point if I uh, if I get the, the Twitch partner thing, which is something I'm working towards. going to be streaming a lot this month. I already have, but uh, going to be doing a lot more because it's very much enjoying the game right now and uh, looking forward to uh, doing more of it. And not to put you on the spot there, Zombies, are you planning on streaming some more tonight? Uh, probably. Uh, if if you're if you want to stick around, Blue and Nate, uh, or uh, Safety, I know you're probably busy, but open invitation. Um, I'd I'd love to do some co-op and messing around with stuff. If uh, anyone wants to hang out after the show, very cool. I could have my arm twisted. Same. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Nate, where can folks find you on the internet? Yeah, thank you. Again, I just want to say thanks for being, uh, have me be a part of this. I really enjoy it. Uh, always have a good time hanging out with you, Blue, and, and zombies, and uh, just like a little starstruck hanging out with Safety Blade, and, and uh, very, very cool, very great time. You can find me online, uh, mostly at Twitter, at NateWolfTCG. It's N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. Um, I captain a wild themed hearthstone podcast every friday night um 6 p.m pacific here on on this channel born to be wild hs um still playing a lot of hearthstone in uh, in addition to snap and um quite active on discord as well we do have a, a hearthstone wild hearthstone discord the born to be wild one um I'll, I'll put it in the chat here but uh does yeah. have a fairly active snap section as well that that I frequent. So it, it um, does, and and big shout out to uh, to Pigpen as well, who is uh, one of our good friends on there. That is super active in um, in Snap, who posts a ton of stuff on there, and uh, is, is quite quite prolific uh, at Snap as well. So, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to hang out, Twitter, Discord, every Friday night here on Twitch. Yeah, Blue. What about you? Where can people find you? Twitter, the the bad website, uh, <laughs> B L U T R A N E um, on Twitter. I'm also active on Discord. The same Discords that Safety mentioned: KM Best, Snap Zone, uh, Born to Be Wild. 
um, you know, that can be found there. I, I'm in a few others, but you know, always can message me on Discord if uh, Twitter is not your thing. Um, and yeah, I also can be found here on most Friday nights as a spectator or sometimes on again, off again guest when uh, there's no Canadian on the show because Born to Be Wild requires a Canadian to always be present. <laughs> I don't make up the rules. I just follow them. But uh, a wonderful sister podcast. Uh, and and uh, Nate, uh, to your point, I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. So uh, appreciate you. Um, putting all this all together, all the wonderful graphics that you guys see live or on YouTube. This is all Nate's handiwork. One of the uh, best Photoshop wizards I know makes all my profile pics for me. Um, just really, really good at uh, uh, producing and creating content. And if you're wondering why tonight's episode was so much smoother than the previous four, that's because Nate has finally settled into his new place and is is running OBS instead of me. <laughs> I don't do a very good job at it at all. So appreciate you uh, doing all the, uh, the 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 stagehand stuff there. Oh, I'm happy um, to. I feel at home. So I feels, yeah. feels good. It's like when you're a passenger in, in a car and you usually like to be the one driving. And you're kind of looking over nervously because <laughs> you don't approve of the. That's well, probably me going OBS, and I assure you, you don't want to be in a car with me driving anymore because I don't, I don't see um, that that contributed to some of the OBS challenges. I digress. Uh, we've been doing this on again, off again, once a month. We're talking about potentially doing this a little bit more on a cadence, so stay tuned for some information about that. Uh, in the meantime, we'll tweet out when we, uh, you know, do this again. Uh, probably will be uh, at some point once the season changes uh, and we have some new information to share and uh, the inevitable new meta that's bound to come from the new season. Till then, thank you for spending your Saturday evening with us or Sunday afternoon. Or if you're listening uh, on a podcast app or on YouTube, thanks for spending the time watching us. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next time on Born to be Cosmo.